0: Welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast, where we look at everyone's favorite award show and siffl through all those various categories and weird and fun nominations and try and sort out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. And today we're here to talk about Best Kiss 2002. How are you today, Ben?
1: I'm doing really, really well um uh it is a little early. This is probably our earliest recording session um but I'm still feeling really really good this this i really I got to see some new movies that I really enjoyed this week, so I'm happy to discuss them
0: Oh, great, yeah, it's definitely i think a better year for movies overall than it's like this is. Maybe one of the stronger years, years I would say, like
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, with one kind of exception, and that there's yeah. a w- winner where it's like, uh, this isn't yeah. a terrible movie, but I wish it's not one best kiss. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, we'll uh we'll touch on that when we get there.
0: Yeah, which will be shortly, but yeah. In the meantime, let's can look a bit into. The year, so the 2002 MTV Movie Awards were, like, presented on June 6, 2002, and hosted by, oh, another, oh, I don't know if this, there's, like, a reason it's these two, but at least this one's fun. It's hosted by Sarah Michelle Gellar and Jack Black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> where, where was Jack Black in 2002? Like, what was... Like, his, what was his, like, acclaim at that point?
0: I think Tenacious D is started up by oh, this point. Yeah. It's, he's out of his <laughs> famous failed TV pilot, Heat Vision and Jack. Um, <laughs> oh, he did High Fidelity in 2000. That's, oh, I think okay. that's, like, his first time, kind of big thing. Oh, okay, that's good. And then he did Shallow Hal. uh... 2001 movie with Gwyneth Paltrow about a shallow man who falls in love with a 300-pound woman because of her inner beauty. <laughs> Glad we don't have to cover that. Okay, did not look around 2001 or... T- Hold on, I'm gonna do a quick search for shallow... Okay, no shallow how and like the MTP movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I didn't
1: want to...
0: Well, because eventually we're going to go through like all these categories and it's just going to be like revisiting a lot of stuff. So I'm like, oh, wait, are we going to have to do it? But nope, he was known for Shallow Hell, but the MTV Movie Awards did not nominate him for that. Yeah. So best movie that year was a little indie flick. They'll call the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, I guess, um, I guess small, small plug. All right. We have a mutual friend. Um, who streams video games, and I'm not sure... if He might still be doing it at this point, but he was streaming the LEGO Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen a bit of that. <laughs> he goes by Emergency 9. Yeah, Emergency 9. Good streamer, better friend. Yeah. He doesn't listen to this podcast, I don't know why. <laughs> Good
1: friend, better streamer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's why you come here, you come here for the diverse opinions.
0: Maybe you'll listen to this episode if we say we like plug them on it. Just
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll be like, hey, uh, yeah, we plugged you on this episode. You should listen to it. Probably be <laughs> like, you guys have a podcast. Just and then we have our 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 iconic uh, two hour discussion on American Pie Two that that really solidifies our our image. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> oh boy. Uh. Um. But yeah, fellowship of the ring one best movie. Um. The. This is the first year I found out they dropped the category of best song. Oh, in the year with Moulin Rouge. Yeah, they they do best musical Musical sequence. sequence.
1: Okay, that okay. I was super. That's yeah. That makes a little more sense for a movie. I think. I think that's a good decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they do best musical sequence every year, but yeah, best song I think is you enter the two thousands and. Maybe it's a bit harder to find good original songs, So, I guess that means Hero from Spider-Man next year was robbed, but... (laughs) Oh, and Best New Filmmaker went to some scrappy upstart named Christopher Nolan.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, for a movie called Memento? I can't even remember what that movie was about.
0: I can't remember the ending, and then kind of bits going, then I remember some of the beginning, then I remember right before the ending, and then so on, so on.
1: Yeah, it all feels so jumbled, you know? It's just, (laughs) I don't think it has a good story structure.
0: And other notable films who were, like, nominated, and I think won some stuff this year included The Fast and the Furious, Legally Blonde, and Shrek.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that. I can't believe Shrek didn't get, like, a kiss nod. (laughs) <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if the if the this academy has the same problem towards animation as the other academy. I could think of a few movies that that kiss would probably outclass the kisses in this in on this
0: list. Yeah, they don't really go for like animated kisses, and yeah, I mean they, animated movies don't get a lot of play at the MTV Movie Awards in general. Yeah, I imagine. But...
1: Yeah, I imagine. yeah, especially um, in like the early two thousands. Like that was. I think that was really before like. So I'm trying to think when I guess when I think Shrek was like the first one to win like something in the Academy, right? It was like the first animated movie to
0: what did it win? It won something. Um, best animated feature? It was I think so Yeah, best yeah. animated feature, I believe. Yeah, it was a category they introduced um in in like the 2000s mainly because whenever they'd Nominated an animated film or whatever, like Beauty and the Beast for Best Picture. Like people would,
2: it was go just yeah. like,
0: "This is yeah. this is a cartoon. Why is this there?" So
1: yeah, uh, and like I don't know. I think they just made it so that they could give an award to Shrek, in my opinion. And then next year they get they got spirited away. So clearly, like they're not picking good movies. They just they just made this for Shrek. Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I spirited away one of the most beautiful films ever made. But. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah. Um, was this the first year that's had um best line, or is that something that's been in all of them and I just haven't noticed?
0: Oh no, yeah, the, this is the first year that did. Yeah, favorite line. Well, apparently, the those ones in air on like TV show or whatever. And oh, then, that's so weird. Yeah, there's best lines which in yeah include a couple from no, nominees here. Yeah, some of which like. Actually, I think most of these make sense when you, like, yeah. even if you don't have the context, like... Also, oh.
1: wait, I'm pretty sure I think this quote, at least on the Wikipedia page, is incorrect. Oh, it's already been brought uh, from Not Another Teen Movie? I'm near certain that that quote is, it's already been brought in. Um,
2: oh,
0: wow. Yeah,
1: I did watch oh, this it's
2: last Yes, yes. Just... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll have to write a letter to Mr. or Mrs. Wikipedia. Um... To get that straightened out, but yeah. No, if we want to go right into the
0: winner, um, we can. Yeah. So for the 2002 best kiss, the nominee nominees oh. are. I'll get did it you right forget right. we yeah. list them again? Just.
1: I'll get everything right on one of these podcasts. Give it. You like almost episode. did. Episode thirty, maybe.
0: Are we still going to be doing best kiss by episode thirty? I think so. It's. <laughs> We are like one-off on one sandwich where there's like three movies and you'll be like, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh. So for Best Kiss 2002, the nominees um, Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor Moulin Rouge Nia Kirshner and Beverly Poulsen Not Another Teen Movie Heath Ledger and Shannon Sossaman A Knight's Tale Renee Zellweger and Colin Firth Richard Jones' Diary and the Winner ha uh, is Jason Biggs and Sean William Scott American Pie 2 ha everybody laugh just
1: <laughs> yeah it's like it's such a what a weird it's like it's not even the best i think i've said this before in other years it's not even the best like comedy kiss this year that's what's so strange about it
0: Oh yeah, I mean, almost all of these movies are this year, except for like Moulin Rouge are like, com. I mean well, Moulin Rouge is also a very funny movie but like, the any of these are just straight up like comedies, like, you know one's like a romantic comedy and one's like a sports comedy, but like, they're all like comedy focused and
1: Yeah, which is like really strange because like, yeah I think all of these movies have like funny elements to them, but like um I think we would classify like I think Moulin Rouge and I still and Bridget Jones are like comedy movies, but like the kiss is very serious.
0: Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. I guess not another teen movie is the big like other comedy kiss this year. Yeah. It's
1: it's not between two like two love interests is like another thing as well. But like, yeah. So it's just such a weird pick. It's like a very like early 2000s, like kind of like MTV, like like sort of trashy parentheses endearing kind of way, or at least it's trying to be. It's so what a strange pick. Honestly, um,
2: yeah.
0: And I guess
1: we can, we can, uh, we can start talking about the movie itself.
0: Yeah. Well, for the kids, it's like it's something where I'm like, ah, man, this, this shouldn't have won, and like I would not have voted right. for it, and like things. But also, I'm like, oh, I get it in that it's like a, it comes to the thing of like one of the film's bigger set pieces, and
1: yeah, you know, I, I, I would, I think, yeah, because this movie, like. If we're being, both being honest, like it doesn't really, the plot summary is just kind of just dudes rent out a lake house so they can get laid. Yeah, and it's then just one of, they all kind of individually sort of like, some of them get laid, some of them fall in love, some of them already had girlfriends going in, somebody bangs uh, Stifler's mom. <laughs> you know, it's just the classic American Pie formula. The kiss itself, so, like, the scene with the kiss, I don't know if you want to, like, jump to that or you want to give any, like, pre-context, because there's not really much of, like, note happens in the movie before it, I would say.
0: As as you said, not much happens. I'll I'll give this, like, this is the first, like, film in the American pie, like, world I've seen, and... Me too, yeah, so... I did not hate it. It was, like, It had some good bits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, this might be controversial, but, um, honestly... The kiss bit, like, everything surrounding it is, like, kind of hilarious, if I'm being honest. I've realized that there is a type of joke, and it's, it, there's another one in another teen movie, but there's, like, a type of joke that I love where just, like, people keep on entering a scene and, like, keep on adding on to it to, like, amount to this chaos. The scene is already, like, this pretty insane thing where there is a couple of um, presumed lesbians that move in next door and, like, they both leave, so I think Stifler tries to, like, Stifler breaks and enters their house to, like, find proof that they're lesbians.
0: Yeah, because no one believes them. Yeah.
1: Also, they're not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) By the end of the movie, we we realize that they are probably bisexual. I guess that would be the best way to describe them.
0: Yeah, sexuality is, like, a spectrum. They, they like, have some space on it, but, yeah, it's... But definitely, it's something where like they break into a house. But oh yeah, because they ha- they have a summer job at this, like, house as like painters. Yeah, or I think, um, yeah, they're
1: like they're like renting it out and like they're renovating it too. Like there, there's like a re- honestly, it's like so it's like so like secondary to like all like the getting laid plot lines.
0: And I'll say this about, again. I'll say this about like the American Pie like few things in that a lot of these jokes are really stupid, but they, they put a lot do. of effort they into do. setting them like, up.
1: This one included. So like they're breaking into the house and like some of them are like on the radio because they were like working on the house. Um, so then they find uh, a dildo, um, and they were like, "Ah, oh, see, this this proves it. Straight women don't have dildos." Um, so, <laughs> and then the the two girls come back, and there's a bunch of like shenanigans of like hiding in different places, but then ultimately like they're caught. And I think like one of them, I think like, it's like Stifler's. Like we're just trying to like see if like 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 you're lesbians, and then they they start going, they start like going like, oh, should we mess with them? And then they like start like like touching each other and like going like, oh, like oh, like okay, but like if I touch her ass, you have to touch his ass, and they're like, what? They're like really like, oh, like. <laughs> Um, Except for like one of them who's like, he like, I'm very comfortable in my sexuality. And that's the one who is um, Bang Stifler's mom. And while all of this is happening, like they're talking to their friends on like the radio being like, oh, this is getting so hot. But the radio frequency is getting picked up by like other things. So there's like people in like a diner that are all like looking at like the looking at the speaker, like kind of cheering it on. And there's like a bunch of people in like the police station, like listening in as well. And it's just this huge, big scene for, like you said, it's a lot of, like, setup and, like, a lot of, like, moving parts to a really silly joke. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: But, yeah, it's, like, a yeah, quick pro At some thing. point, they're, and like, okay,
1: okay, we'll kiss if, like, you two kiss. And then you need to figure out, like, who's gonna kiss who. And then they have, like, a really awkward kiss. It's one of those things where, like, you can totally engage with this joke in a healthy way, because it's kind of a joke at the expense of, like, I guess, like, sort of
0: homophobic people.
1: But then again, it's also, like, might not be. It might just be, like, a joke, like, saying, like, oh, it's so funny, two guys kissed.
0: Yeah, it's a thing where, like, obviously, it's, like, trying to, like, embarrass them. And then later on, the payoff, if you can call it that, is stiffler like, they have a party and stiffler sees them. And then he's like, I've realized now I'm comfortable with my sexuality. And there's, like... No, no, guy. I like wouldn't kiss or grab their ass if, like, if men. And I had a chance <laughs> with you two, lady. Yeah. And then they give him a threesome, which is not great. But uh, well, I, I mean, like they're adults, yeah, I guess. Exactly. I can do whatever, but just as a movie thing, I'm like, uh... So yeah,
1: that that's the kiss scene. Um, it sort of ends with with going a little further, yeah. and I'm going like, okay, now give like your two friends hand jobs, um, which they.
0: And Stifler's ready to do it, and they are not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing with the radio is the people outside keep running up to see it, but then they only ever yeah. see the guy stuff.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, and like there's like there's like a couple of kids who have like their like little like walkie talkies, and the father's like, "Oh, geez, like what? What are you guys listening to?" And then it cuts back to that same Tad later, and he's like really <laughs> attentively listening to it in the bushes. It's not a un completely unfunny joke i think there are bits of it that could work um but the kiss itself is like it's kind of lame it's like not super great um and weirdly it weirdly gets so outclassed um, by like the actual kiss in this movie which like i think i think we can probably give like a a, like a little plot synopsis from the kiss to the end of the movie because like that's honestly where like most of like the the plot happens, I would say.
0: Yeah, well, someone just says, I want to talk about Eugene Levy, who's, like, (laughs) mostly in the beginning, but it's just a really funny bit bit where, like, the film opens with him walking in on, like... (laughs) His son, Jim Jason Biggs, having like sex, and then hit him just like staying there while he freaks out as <laughs> more yes. parents I walk in. Think and I've
2: discovered him. that
1: there is a kind of joke of like, oh, another person walked in. Oh, another person got added to this thing that I think are just is just hysterical every time. No, I absolutely love his performance. He did such a good job. Um, no, he's super funny.
0: Yeah, and then I'll say I do think the film kind of peaks with an extended bit where. They're at, they're having a party at the beginning, and Stifler's like with this girl, who's like, oh, "I'm gonna pour champagne in your mouth." And meanwhile, above them, John Cho and his character's like, "I'm gonna pee off this deck." And then somehow the girl gets like knocked out, and like it's just a really long setup to like the joke, which is that like Stifler gets peed on and swallow some of it, and it's something where I'm like, "Oh, yeah. this is so dumb," but like it's I was laughing, now, like the setup lovely. was just yeah. so. Yeah,
1: but um despite like the uh yeah, I think the so. gay panic kissing and the drinking pee, um this movie does have like a little love story um between um at least one of the of the kiss nominees. <laughs> um as well as I think it's Allison Hannigan. Yeah, the character's name is Michelle. Right? Yes. I think that's what it is. yeah. Um so yeah, so I don't know the first movie at all, but like I think they keep alluding to it. So,
2: like,
1: Jim, so Jason Biggs' character, like, had a thing or, like, was set up to have a thing with, like, a, a like, I think European, I think that's what it's implied she is, European girl Nadia, played by uh, uh Shannon Fadal. So, like, and, like, the entire summer is kind of, like, building up to, like, oh, like, she's going to come and, like, meet us and, like, we're going to, like, have sex. But Jim is, like, worried, like, oh... I don't know if I'm really bad at it because I've only ever had it once. So he goes to, like, the one person he's had sex with, Allison uh, Hannigan's character, Michelle. And then she goes, oh, yeah, you were awful. Like, you were really bad. So then she's, like, trying to, like, teach him. And then, like, they fake date because Nadia was early and Jim had, like, an accident that put his wiener out of commission. Um, Oh, right. (laughs) So... And then in the process of, like, fake dating, you can kind of see that they're both starting to, like, gain, like, actual feelings for each other a little bit. And then when it, like, comes time for, like, Jim and Nadia to, like, do the do, he realizes that he really liked Michelle more, which, like, culminates in this scene where, like, she's doing, like, her flute solo and, like, flutes and band camps. Like, if you're an American Pie fan, like, we both are, you know what that means, you know, flutes and band camp, you know what that means. Um, Oh
0: yeah! After the first American Pie alludes to band camp a lot, this one actually takes you there (laughs) for like yeah for two scenes. Yeah, an extended bit where everyone thinks Jason Biggs is mentally challenged, and he like plays the flute really badly (laughs) or like trombone or just
1: yeah, exactly. And that sort of comes back here where he starts playing his trombone, and then they they kiss in front of the giant audience. Um, And honestly, that kiss is like pretty good. I don't know if. I would I don't know if I'd be less or more upset if that got like the win instead of the the other one. Um cuz like the other one's really stupid but like I don't know if this kiss this kiss is clearly better than that one but I don't know if it's better than any of the other ones on the list.
0: I mean, if that one had won, it would be one of those things from like, "Ah, uh, all right." But like
1: yeah, it would have been like, oh, okay, okay fine, whatever, okay, understandable, yeah. yeah. It
0: would have been better because it's not one where you can read where it's like, ha ha, these two dudes are kissing. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, exactly, yeah, definitely, definitely a joke that that aged like a milk. But all that being said, like, be funny movie, like has like a pretty cult status for like a reason. Like, it's not a horror movie. Like the the dad character you were talking about earlier, absolutely hysterical. Like, every scene he's in is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, Eugene Levy doesn't... Hey,
0: we're back now. It's... Hello. So you were talking um, about how you, amazing Eugene Levy is in this before we got cut off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my Discord
1: completely exploded. Uh, but yeah, no, Eugene Levy was did a, an amazing job in this movie. Yeah, and this movie, like... It's a good movie. It makes me want to go back and watch uh, American Pie one to see if it's also pretty good. Um uh, yeah, I think those are my pretty succinct thoughts on American Pie two.
0: Yeah, um yeah, I guess to say is for the acceptance speech, um Jason Biggs wasn't there. He was on Broadway in the graduate, so Sean William Scott accepted on his own. He yeah, he he thanks a bunch of, like, people who clearly were, like, his first kisses in, like, elementary and middle school and stuff. Then he thanks Ashton Kutcher for Dude, Where's My Car? Which also has kind of, like, a gay-packy kiss involving John William Scott and, like, that. Like, he, like, thanks Jason Biggs. And it's, uh. it's really, like, the crowd's just, like, eating up his every word. And you're like, okay. But there's also like a rotating background wall for the set this year which is kind of distracting because it's just... the everything behind him is like moving and he's like, yeah!
1: Yeah, it's kind of like um... I can't remember who did it. I think it was um... I think it was Hideo Kojima. There was like a Game Awards where like the floor was like... would like light up as he walked on it. But he was walking too fast so it looked like he was just walking on the void for a little
0: bit. <laughs> Yeah, American Pie 2, um, Bad Kiss, All Right Movie, it's... Um, yeah, pretty good
1: movie. A little bit of a spoiler, probably, like, my least favorite movie on this list, though. Not uh, yeah, probably, I'd probably say it with pretty pretty strong confidence.
0: Yeah, that's because it's been, like, a generally pretty strong year. Yeah, this year was really, really
1: good. And then, I guess, the next movie, this movie is, like probably within before even starting this podcast for any of this this is probably like I think my fourth or third favorite movie of all time and that is uh Moulin Rouge yeah Um, I
0: also love this movie it is a great movie
1: yeah like the last time I watched this was like a month ago on discord like somebody was like streaming it so it was like two frames per second and like the audio kept on like messing up and I still adored every second of it. I absolutely love this movie so much.
0: Yeah, Moulin Rouge is—it's uh, again, it's an interesting sort because, uh, as we said, like a lot of these films this year are like comedies, and then Moulin Rouge has like funny moments, but also is very much just like a high-level romantic musical like drama. It's, it's all big emotions and just it's really dazzling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a jukebox musical, so I think all but one song are like are like pop songs or medleys. Um, this is a fun little tidbit fact um, that I that was kind of interesting. I think I must have said this in the episode, but um, what the only original song for this movie, "Come What May," was originally for Romeo Plus Juliet. Um, so that was that was like an interesting little connection between two kissing years.
0: Yeah, uh, Baz Luhrmann, director of Romeo and Juliet, also did Moulin Rouge. This is kind of yeah. conclusion of his red curtain trilogy of films that open and close with like a curtain and little orchestras playing in the background, and and it showcases different performing arts. In this case, like music and musicals. And-
1: this movie is super, super great. It's like very fast paced and like wacky and like I think dreamlike is like a good word for it because like it's just it's very like feverish and um it's absolutely i absolutely adore it do you do you or i want to give sort of
0: the the plot synopsis on it uh i mean you can go for it for this one it's like your four favorite movie you gotta uh, know this plot by heart
1: (laughs) i think i do i think i know the the important bits Um, so it sort of starts out like the entire movie is sort of framed as, as Ewan McGregor's character, um, sort of long after the movie has taken place, writing about the movie because he's a writer. He, he sort of, yeah, he's like an aspiring artist who sort of, um, just through happenstance ends up with a bunch of, um, like sort of, I guess, circus people, um, including, um, including John, is it Lou. Legozano, he played Luigi in the Mario movie. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you
1: got it. Just yeah, and then he, well, he he was he not? He was also in Romeo plus Juliet, right? He must have been. He is like a scene where like he holds a gun. I'm pretty sure because I keep on seeing that image as like a meme on Twitter. Um, yep, he does play He plays um, uh, Tybalt Capulet, yeah. Juliet's okay. cousin,
2: <laughs> also the voice um, of
1: Sid the Sloth in the Ice Age movie oh i actually didn't know that that makes way more sense why i know him (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but yeah um so he's like an aspiring writer who like gets like uh sort of caught up in like this sort of uh carnival people who all become his friend including like um a narcoleptic and then they sort of want to be able like to pitch they have like a I think it's a play that they want to pitch. I can't remember if, like, that's their sort of aspiration or whether that's just something they sort of happen into. It's a super fast movie, too. Like, things happen pretty fast.
0: Yeah, it's a play they want to sell to the owner. It's called The Spectacular Spectacular.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, so while this is
1: happening, uh, Nicole Kidman's character um, thinks, uh, or, like, she has, like, a plan to meet with the Duke Um, So that way they can help, like, sort of financially help the Moulin Rouge, like the big, like, is it, I I don't know if it's like a brothel, but it's like a place where, it's a performance, it's a performance place where performers do their things.
0: Yeah, it it is. Yeah, it's kind of like a, yeah, maybe a bit more burlesque. And they both, I think this is um, where
1: probably my favorite song in the whole movie comes in. Um, It's our song by Elton John, by Ewan McGregor. It's Oh, it's one of, I very rarely do I enjoy, like, I think covers. Um, I think they're nice, but I always end up, like, in, like, a month or so, I'll always end up being, like, ah, I think I like the original more. Like, this was a nice little thing. I think this is the only one where I think it is on par with the original. Um, I think, I've thought about it, like, I've thought about this, like, so much, actually. And I think I've been able to, like, to sink it down to, like, um, Elton John's, like, um, Our Song is, like, more consistently good. Whereas uh, Ewan McGregor's our song has way higher highs. Um, it's called your like, song. Oh, is it? Is it your song? I thought it was. Uh, oh, this song's for
0: song. you, not the <laughs> songs for us. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, your song. <laughs> my bad. That probably really. I'm glad you corrected me. That would have probably really made someone really angry. Actually,
0: I'm like, oh, it's just a slip of the tongue, and that just kept happening. Like it made someone angry. Oh. All right, me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, then they sort of like have like their moment, and like you see like the first like sort of like spark of like a romance happening. Um, but then like the actual Duke is like coming up, and then Nicole Kidman like finds, or like even Gregor like isn't like lying to her. Like they both. That like they're doing like total two totally different transactions, but then it's sort of like revealed, and the Duke comes in and he's like, Oh, what's going on here? Um, and then, uh, I think Ewan McGregor or Nicole Kid- one of them is like, Oh, they're pitching a play, like a play for like the Moulin Rouge that like um, the Duke should like financially support. Yeah, then and they then
0: improvise that- the plot. <laughs> yeah, they, they essentially
1: give the plot of the play, which is just the plot of the movie. Except that in India, for
0: some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then, the most of the, I think most of the movie, most of the movies, like them putting on the play, and Nicole Kidman and Ian McGregor, like having their secret love affair, very similar to um, Shakespeare in Love.
0: Yeah, because the Duke is back. He, like he's giving money to the show, but his condition is oh yeah, because Satine is like a lady of the evening, and I believe, and it, but his condition is like only he can quarter
1: yeah exactly it's it's sort of like one of those um and like yeah as it's going on like their romances uh like gets like higher and higher um it's revealed that uh, i I don't know why spoilers come with this podcast by default but um nicole Kidman has realized that she has the the movie disease where you cough up blood um and that's how you know you're dying soon yeah,
0: Wikipedia says it was tuberculosis. Just...
1: That makes sense. Honestly, they might have even said that if I remember right. <laughs> but yes, it <laughs> is like a movie disease. Dude. It is like the movie it's disease just... where like you faint during an important moment and then you cough up blood,
0: and that's uh, how everyone knows you're dying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then uh, so, and then um, I think it's the Harold Zidler, like the runner of the Moulin Rouge, played by uh, Jim Broadbent. That's correct. Yeah, I'm getting those characters right. He sort of like kind of talks to her and goes like, yeah, like you're dying. So it's kind of like messed up that you're kind of not stringing along, but like uh, Ewan McGregor's character, Christian, like you really need to break things off because it's going to absolutely destroy him if you two run away together and then you die. (laughs) So they break up and Satine cannot like say why. So Ewan McGregor just is like really, really upset and like jealous because he thought that, like, what they had was special, and it was, but from his perspective, it's like, oh, like, were we just, like, a fling? Like, did we we not, like, matter? And then the play is, like, the Duke wants to, like, change the play so that, like, the character that represents him ends up with the girl.
0: Yeah, at this point, he's kind of figured out what's going on, and he's, like, very mad, and that's, like, his thing where he's, like... No, it's not realistic that she, like, picks the poor man. She should wind up with the rich guy.
1: Yeah, and sorry, I think we we might have skipped over it, but there's also the kiss scene in this movie that we can probably both, like, talk about. It's during the silly love song sort of melody. I think this sort of happens after um, your song. Um, and, and before sort of the, like, romance on set, secret lover's romance, they're, they're sort of, like, singing on, like, the roof, and they're doing a bunch of, like, medleys of love songs as they're, like, as, as Ewan McGregor's trying to, like, make his case that, like, they love each other and, like, love can conquer all, you know?
0: Yeah, and she is, like, very, like, cynical and skeptical about this. This is also after they, like, pitched a play, and she's still kind of mad, because in her mind, like, he's lied to her, and then... Yeah, yeah. It's like a very good thing. They call it the Elephant Love Medley. Um, it won best. It won best musical num- number or whatever. I definitely gave the name of this. Best musical sequence, MTV Movie Awards. It's really good and it really gets you into the mood. It does. It has a lot of songs I love, like "Love Lifts Us Up Where We Belong." And
1: yeah, oh, it's so good. It's such a this song. If you if you do anything, if you're in you know- only have so much time in the world, listen to the soundtrack to this movie. It's so, it's so good.
0: You can also watch the elephant love medley on YouTube, but they cut off before the kiss, which right is like a... Pit. It's a real tease. Like It really is,
1: but it's it's why you come here, you know? Um,
0: yeah, yeah, so we like... can
1: describe it to you. Just... <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, their two lips touch each other, and um, now we're going to move on to the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good kiss. It's so good.
2: <laughs> like it. Yeah, it's it's
1: such a good kiss, and like the it's always it's it's borderline cheating if like your kiss is like right right after like a big musical segment, but like it doesn't really matter because like oh my gosh, like this is a is a showstopper, even though it's right before the show starts. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, a really great kiss. You're not gonna find it on YouTube. You're gonna have to go watch the entire Moulin Rouge movie.
0: Yeah, or at least up to that sequence and then you can stop. But generally you're gonna want to keep going.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the kiss happens and then like we said, like they're sort of putting on the play while they're having their like secret romance, while the Duke is like sort of learning what's happening. Um and then it's like the big like I, I do, I I always mess this up in school. I think this is considered the climax would be the like the big play they put on. Um
0: Yeah, kind uh, of Honestly, the term gets like weird. It's it's like it's, it's, story it's, structure it's, is is weird. Where I think a lot of the times when we're like, oh yeah, the big climactic thing, it it's it technically falls into what's actually known as like the falling action. Yeah, Cause-
1: exactly. Because I think the the climax is the the one thing I think they hammered home to me is that it was like it's the turning point of the movie. Um, yeah, which I get. Yeah, which I guess would be like the confrontation. Um, yeah i would say yeah the climax
0: is the big dramatic breakup where she he thinks she yeah. loves the, the well, duke but th- this
1: this movie's rendition of roxanne is so good oh my gosh oh yeah god yeah the um i'm not sure if he's the one singing or he's just like because the actor playing uh it's uh ja Komen. um oh he says he's a polish actor and singer so i assume he sung this as well um, he's the unconscious Argentinian. He he's a fabulous character. Um, what a delight! And then he sings this absolutely like powerful bed, uh, medley. Not medley, oh, i guess it's kind of a medley, but like this, there's sort of like um, like I'm not sure if the right word is like harmonious, but like his singing sort of overlaps with Ewan McGregor's singing. It's a lovely. Like go, just go watch this movie. It's so good.
0: Yeah. Um. I'll say the Roxanne scene. Like part of it is. The Duke attempting to like rape um, Nicole Kidman's character. Like, he does not succeed, but it is something to where yeah. if you just throw it on, where it's maybe a thing oh, yeah. you like listen to because Yeah, what the intent. Yeah.
1: Exactly. But yeah, the sort of the plays going on. And at this point, like, Nicole Kidman has sort of like um, done like the self kind of sacrifice of like, I had to break things off because I know I'm dying. Um, and Noon McGregor is like, oh, I can't believe that like what we had wasn't special to her like that's what he's thinking right now um so then while like the play's going on he sort of like confronts her um uh and like is like really upset about it and it's and it's oh what he does is that um he's like paying Satine's fees because he like he's trying to like symbolize like oh so like what we had was like it was just like an interaction it was just like it was like I was just paying for your time, I guess. I think sort of in the play and in the movie, he sort of um, he sort of like goes like, Oh, like I I think he like he sort of like kind of tells her off a little bit right before walking away, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, uh, like it's a thing and yeah. then I think I think the only thing we mention for to mention is there's a song he's written that signifies her love, come what may, and she quotes it back to him as he's walking off.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the sort of in the play and then also in the movie, it's like this is like the song how they secretly will like um, will like express a love for each other. Like whenever they sing the, this song, they'll know that they're singing it to each other and no one else. <laughs> and then a bunch of like crazy hijinks ensues. Um, the Duke uh, pulls out or tries to grab a gun and tries to uh, kill them. But uh, Harold Zidler punches it into the Eiffel Tower. I think after that, uh, Satine dies because she's dying. Um, but they they sort of get to have like their their like happy ending, um, and then sort of the movie sort of rounds about to the beginning where like this whole movie was just um, Ewan McGregor's character Christian like writing this story.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a very like it's definitely like a big tragic ending. Like the Moulin Rouge, it's closed. It's like she's. She's died, but like in the end, he's he knows they've had this true lasting love that'll last forever, and that's kind of the consolation from it. It's yeah,
1: um, absolutely love this movie. Oh my gosh,
0: yeah, it's we could probably talk for hours just about this movie, yeah,
1: yeah. I think, yeah, the best thing if if you were gonna see any movie this year, this would be the movie, absolutely,
0: yeah. Um, I would second that. I mean, again, you should watch most of these. You all, should watch. Like,
1: honestly, this year is a good... As much as the winner is, like, a big, like, come on, guys. Um, All these movies are, like, good watches, you know?
0: Yeah. You, you'll you have some fun if you, like, watch the uh, films from this year. Exactly. You'll um, have the occasional re- uh, moment, but sometimes you get this. Yeah, I recommend
1: any order, except I recommend American Pie 2, and then another teen movie cuz like the contrast between like <laughs> the contrast between like a teen movie and then like a parody teen movie um is just kind of funny.
0: It was kind of surreal. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you have any more thoughts on Moulin Rouge?
0: Oh man. Um Yeah, what's there to say? Um Oh yeah, there's a point where like the Duke and Zidler sing like a virgin. That's like really
1: Yeah, I always I that, that song is not, at least on Spotify, that song is not on the soundtrack. It's a really funny scene. Like it's... It really is. It, is. it is a wonderful scene.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, it's about yeah. all I have to say. Like it's, Mark is like, we could talk forever, but on the same way, I was like, what is there to say? It's so good. Just watch yeah,
1: like it. It's... It speaks for itself, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next movie, which I was... Kenny gave this such a glowing recommendation. Um, I didn't watch this at two times speed. I didn't watch it on my phone. I watched it on a projector in my room, um, wow. so I got like a really, I got a really good movie experience with this one, um, and that is not another teen movie. And if you, if I wonder if you want to open with this one as well, if you want to open with this, uh, what the, what this movie's about?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'll be happy to. So, well, the first thing I want to say is so. I've been like working, working a lot, like, and I didn't have time to do my classic research, but not another teen movie. Which, uh, is like a, it's a spoof movie describing teen films, and I was like, huh, what else is like the director done? It was directed by someone named Joe Gallen, and what I discovered very quickly, quickly in is that he is that he was an executive at MTV in the early nineties recreated and produced a number of popular shows and specials, including 14 of the first 15 MTV Movie Awards have been produced by this man. so it's on my mission that one day we will interview Joe Gallen for this podcast. Like,
1: oh, I really hope so. Um, <laughs> that's really cool.
0: Yeah, and maybe that gives some bias in this film getting nominated, but I don't think I got well, I got a Best Line nomination, but...
1: Yeah, honestly, even even if that were the case, I think he did us a really good service because this is a good movie.
0: Yeah, it's uh, in the in a world of like spoof movies that, again, as we kind of alluded to last week, like the two thousands is kind of where they're at their peak, but also where they really start taking a dive in term quality wise, where it becomes uh, less a matter of having actual jokes and more a thing of oh spot the reference, spot the reference, and like. Yeah,
1: Um, I think something, and I I was thinking about this, like, I I had to drive my parents to the airport, and I was thinking about this on the car ride. And something that I really liked about this movie is that it, like, had, it it had characters, and of course those characters are parodies, but, like, it had characters that, like, had, like, shticks, you know? Whereas, like, if you watch something like Disaster Movie, like, none of the characters are characters. They're all just whatever reference they need to be for that joke, you know?
0: Yeah, like obviously, and this is like a specific parody of several films, and most of which I don't think you've seen. Though, like you've seen a couple of them for this podcast, which helped. But yeah. like,
1: yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, <laughs> that was it was early on. There was a joke where it's or two or car- two characters were like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? There's like an undercover reporter here, and then. um <laughs> Oh, what's uh, her name? Oh um, yeah,
0: Be- Beverly Pulshin. Who the credits like call her character like Sadie, which I guess like, just I can't. Yeah. It. This, it's like, oh, this very queer elderly woman shows up.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> it's like where's geometry? And then uh, it's it was I was not I was not expecting a never been kissed reference.
0: Told you this was like uh,
1: <laughs> yeah they really they really covered all their bases with this one.
0: Yeah, but yeah, and I think it's a film where like even if you haven't seen like the oh, stuff yeah, it's referencing
1: it's yeah yeah i've not seen a majority of these and i still had a really really good time with did it. you watch
0: the she's all that clip i sent you where i'm like, I if, you, watch, I'm like yeah, if you i'm like if you watch this watch. you'll get an idea of half of the characters in this yeah
1: exactly um oh I, I don't know if it was it meant to be this funny but um during the scene that's like parodying that scene of like the all oh, this is just a bet where it does like the i can't remember which technique it's called where it's like it zooms in on uh, Chris Evans as, like, the background zooms out. Um, it does it for, like, a couple seconds, and it's hilarious. Uh, it's just so over dramatic. I absolutely adored that.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, a fun thing about this film is, yeah, it's Chris Evans acting debut. Well, it's not his acting debut, but it's like one of his first big films that he does. Like
1: it's... Yeah. Oh, and it also maybe want to watch Scott Pilgrim, honestly, cuz like I I he's he's such, he's such a fun fun character. He's such a fun like actor.
0: Yeah, he's very funny and 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 then he went on to do the obvious,
1: you know, you know, Marvel thing, um being the Human Torch in Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah. Um, That's what
1: everyone He might have done something fun. else. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the Human Torch himself—he's there. It's, yeah, and this is a, yeah, this is a film. I'll say something that I think works about because using she's all that is, because I know you haven't haven't seen it in, but it's kind of the quintessential teen movie. It's even if you haven't seen it, I think most people are aware of the thing of popular guy makes like a bet that he can turn like you know, this loser and a prom queen.
1: Oh yeah, there's been like, I think almost like every show that like has anything to do with high school had this episode. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And the thing about like She's All That is like why it works as a frame is, yeah, it's, it's just a good structure to hang like a story on. But also because the movie itself, like, it's, it's pretty good. It's charming. Like Rachel A. Cook is really, really good in it. Freddie Prince Jr.'s, Really good at it, but like it's not a great movie, so it's like really easy to just uh, do she's all that but throw in like a bunch of jokes and then, uh, the yeah, yeah, uh, and the other big things, things oh, yeah, this was like a movie I watched twice, and one was after I seen a couple other of like the film's kind of touch points, um, varsity blues, which is where a lot of Chris Evans stuff with the football thing comes Mm -hmm. from. Down to like the coach who just says, God damn it all the time. Like <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, also in one of the movies more inspired bits, um, actor Ron Lester, who, who plays yeah, who who was who was in varsity blues playing essentially like the same character as Reggie Ray, his character in this <laughs> one, except yeah. they play up the concussion aspect of it. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, th- there's a point in this movie where like there's like a scoreboard at a football game, and one of this one of the things they're keeping track of is uh, how many concussions he has
2: left. In yeah, him.
0: before he goes into like a coma and like die. Like it's uh, a very dark, dark bit, especially when like he it does get into a point where like he has one left to go, and he is like in a coma, and then like uh, uh, and this is like again directly a scene from like Varsity Blues, but works. Without it, where the coach is like, "Oh, can he play?" and then, and, and then like the assistant coach, he's like, "H. John Benjamin from Archer and Bob's Burgers and those things." Like, he's in a coma. He's like, "That doesn't answer my question. <laughs> can he play?" Oh, that's <laughs> you not... do what you gotta do, and, uh... and like he falls down. He's like, "Damn it, Reggie Ray!" Just <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Yeah, this film also has the debut of. This is one of those things where, like, having my having seen every episode of Grey's Anatomy pays off because the lead mm-hmm. actress in this, whose name whose name I know was pronounced Kyler Lee, goes on to be on like Grey's Anatomy for a few yeah a few years there as the younger Grey, uh, Lexi, who mm-hmm. famously dies in a plane crash. <laughs> um, several I do don't, I Oh don't know, <laughs> Yeah, but she. She's really good in this as Janie Briggs, the uniquely rebellious... Yeah, girl, just...
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, this... Um... <laughs> so, like, it's like one of those, like, stereotypes of, like, it's like the... Um, it's kind of like the, you know, like the You Belong With Me Taylor Swift music video, where it's like, oh, this girl's clearly not attractive. She has her hair in a ponytail, and she has glasses.
0: Yeah, and paint on her overalls, which is something. (laughs) Oh my gosh! It's a running gag because, like, obviously, she's all that. Is not the first film to do the big like makeover, glasses off like sequence, but it is like I think one of the like it. They become the quintessential version of that. So this really ups the thing where like she's clearly attractive, but um, yeah. But, like, in the bit where they're going to make the bet and he's walking around with, like, his pals, you know, Reggie Ray, um, yeah, kind of yeah, jerk Austin, and then... That's
1: such a funny bit throughout the movie. Oh, my gosh, that it's amazing. Yeah, and then
0: Malik, the token black guy, who's like, yeah, my only job here is to say stuff like, oh, shit, and that's whack, and damn, like, who just... So as they're, like, walking around, looking for, like, people to turn into a prong queen, it's such a thing where, like, they, they point people, including, like, this very, like, this very albino woman with a guitar, and then it's like, oh, what? Any girl with a guitar is hot. Like, that's, that's too easy. And then in a joke that pays off really well, there's also something where it's like, well, what about the Fratelli-Swiss sisters, who are, like, these conjoined twins? He's like, oh, sure, sure, they're a little, like, deformed and connected at the head, but... Put those two together and you get one decent check. And then all of a sudden, like Janie Briggs walks up and they're like, "Oh, hello!" Like, you know, yeah, bomb bombs away. And it's like, "Oh, not her. She's got glasses and a ponytail and paint on her overalls." Like, this is going to be impossible. And it's it's just so funny. Um, yeah, Jan it's, it's a good good bit. And then it's I'll say this is a film where not every joke in this is good. There's um oh, some yeah. un- unfortunate, like ironic racism things in the two thousands were like, well it's yeah. okay for doing stuff ironically and then here yeah, is as well. It,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's it's like it's very self-aware of the issue, but like yeah. it still also like isn't doing anything about it.
0: There's um, yeah. I'll, I'll say there's maybe like a bit of like commentary and thing like uh one of one of like the character reference points is cause okay and I think I can, like, give a summary of this more than other spoof films since there is stuff to go. But one of the things that is, while the main plot of this is doing a lot of, like, She's All That and some varsity blues, and then there's also the thing where Janie has this younger brother who's, like, a freshman, and he and his friends kind of are getting up into some, like, American Pie stuff and some... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Can't Hardly Wait, a movie which was recommended to me by our friend Jack a couple weeks ago so I watched it and that definitely helped clarify some some things is also a big reference point for that plot in particular ma- mainly the perfect girl he's just gotta get the letter to and then also oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then also his pal Bruce who um in can that- yeah in can't hardly wait there is like a bit and this is based on a thing that like re really happened so it's almost co- commentary, but that's a joke where Sephirine plays this character named Kenny, who his whole thing is he thinks he he thinks he's this big gangster and he talks in like the exaggerated like stereotypical um street in quotation marks with all, all those languages which it's one of those things that like a lot of white people did and maybe just now are realizing oh yeah that wasn't cool. Um, yeah, um, yeah,
1: absolutely. So this and film, look, in this in what's tr- kind of
0: like clever commentary, but also is just a bit too far for it to work, has yeah, Bruce who just talks like in a very stereotypical Japanese voice the entire movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think uh, I it's it's kind of like it's I'll a bit of uh, it's a bit of a horseshoe theory where like on one end. This can super be read as, like, a really racist joke. But on the other end, it's, like, super actually incredible meta-commentary because, like, most people would see, like, the Seth Green one and, like, they wouldn't think anything of it. But this makes it, like, so obvious that you're kind of... You kind of get to see how, like, ridiculous it is. Yeah. Um,
0: It also seems to really be, like, a 16 Candles reference to, like, a classic John Hughes... He was filmed that had this character who was Asian called the Donger? Or like something like that? Or I forget I it's something like really racist and bad, but yeah, but everyone points to it as this is racist and bad, so it just seems like it's kind of spoofing that and
1: Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um now that we got all out of all the uh all the jokes that are are bad for uh for a very for, like, not appropriately doing satire. Yeah, um, oh,
0: and I, I guess, like... There's one,
1: the poop joke near the beginning, uh, uh, like, it's bad, it's not, it doesn't have a good payoff, it's, like, actually really gross, but, like, power through it, because this movie's actually really funny.
0: Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, the thing where, like, the boys sneak in, and then it just goes to a thing where, like, a stuffy English teacher talking about, well, your sense of humor is so sophomoric, and then it goes to a thing where they like, crash through the ceiling, on and there's this, like, girl stuck in the bathroom, just... Have, Having like yeah a real like diarrhea thing and that crashes through and the toilets just sprays the sky up. yeah yeah
1: it's it, i i think it is like one of like the worst jokes in the movie aside from like all like the misused satire um yeah but then i think it wins me over by having like one of the best poop jokes near the end where like a girl's like talking about like i wish there was like a nice guy you know that didn't just want sex and the guy's like and then like the one of the characters is like yeah that would be nice and it's like i wish someone would like poop on my chest and he goes that's really disturbing that really disturbs me i can't believe no one has pooped on your
0: chest before i'm gonna correct (laughs) because he says take a dump which is just such a funny way to like (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh. which also pay yeah so i guess yeah i'll move into like a quick summary of this where it's yeah uh, the film john hughes high um at the beginning they give you a very handy like thing where on the billboard it's like Monday orientation like Wednesday president's party Thursday or or oh no it's like Thursday president's party Friday like big football game Saturday prom so you you know like all the stuff that's there um there's a really good bit with Josh Radner of How I Met Your Mother fame where he's uh, giving a tour guide to a bunch of incoming freshmen and he's like yeah, he's like, you know, there are no cliques. You're accepted for who you are. We're gonna split y'all into smaller groups just for the comfort of the tour. Um, you big jockey guys, like you stand over there. Um, you you slutty looking girls are like kind huh? of like yeah. He's like yeah, you come stand by me, and then it's like, and uh, you losers <laughs> just like hang out on the back. It's like, well, take a look at those person because these are gonna be your only friends for the next four years. Yeah, that was a really good <laughs> opening bit. That was great. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the real opening bit, of course, is, like, it's a good... Oh, yeah. Janie Briggs is watching, she's all that, the film's t- Touchstone, and, like, uh, yeah, ma- yeah, masturbating, but then it's one of those things you you said where just a bunch of people keep going into the room?
1: Yeah, like a like a priest and, like, the grandparents. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, her
0: birthday or something, but it's this joke that culminates in, like, a dildo landing and, like, a cake, which... Yeah, yeah. Again, it's, like, just... Just a really like bit more. I'm, really? I'm like a bit more risque in the movie, but I'm like, but it's also a thing where like multiple female characters just walk around topless, which is also kind of yeah. just a bit. But um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, but so it's yeah, it's another like big week of John. He was high. Um, and uh, yeah, Jane yeah, Janie Briggs. This this you, yeah uniquely rebellious art student who, oh yeah. In another, like, a lot of this is just going to be insane. saying another really good joke, but something where, like, she is a painter, and there's a thing where she's, like, just going ham on a paint, but all her paintings are, like, stick figures. <laughs> so it's throwing all this paint for the thing where she's just, like, a stick person walking like a dog, and it's very simple, and it's just really funny.
1: <laughs> it's a really good fit, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: there's a big emotional thing there that hinges on, like, a painting she's made of her and her mom, where they're both just, like, it's a big stick figure and a little stick figure. Chris Evans like, wow, she has your eyes.
1: <laughs> Just two little circles.
0: Yeah, that also uh. comes back into play during the big musical number, which we'll briefly yeah. talk uh. about. Yes. Yeah.
1: Also, this there, probably like one of the things that sold me on this movie 100% is there's this, the, the scene at the beginning where Chris Evans is like walking through the school. He's really popular. And he goes and he looks at a picture of himself and he kind of nods and he's like, yeah. And then he goes to another picture. That's like a picture of himself looking at the picture like with like his back to it. And then he nods to
0: that one too. Yeah. Really too. It's, it's
1: an amazing bit, absolutely.
0: Oh uh, yeah. So Chris Evans is popular guy, Jake Wyler. Uh Kyler Lee is Janie Briggs. Um, a girl from like the wrong side of the tracks. And it's also just a lot of jokes about how yeah. poor she is. Like yeah. Her dad's, like,
1: her dad's like an alcoholic, like really, really bad. And he is hilarious. Every scene with him is a riot.
0: Yeah, played by Randy Quaid, who's like... Yeah, he does such a good job. Absolutely. Her younger brother is like, who's like, man, how are we ever going to get laid by graduation? Which is definitely like an American pie. One thing I think as friends are like, we're freshmen. And later on, you find out they hit puberty like two and a half weeks ago. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah uh, but um jake he is yeah he he he's like a popular kid and they do a thing where first they introduce i don't think they even established a are related related yet but like in she's all that the popular eye has this sister who helps with a makeover and this film's oh yeah because most of the characters in this movie have an analogy to she's all that um but they you typically combine them with someone else and one of this film's great strokes is it combines the sister character with, from, from She's All That with Catherine from Cruel Intentions.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad that that movie was on this list because I feel like it would have been so confusing to know that that was like a reference
0: Yeah. Because, like, a lot of Catherine's way because, like, she comes along and it's also something where people are like, didn't she graduate four years ago? Which never really comes up. But, like, <laughs> she's like the cruelest girl in high school and gets like the. Yeah, the big entrance and um, in a really good bit it's the similar thing from Cruel Intentions where like they have a side bed and she has to like sleep with him but he's like oh, Rose is like you're my sister and then because I think Cruel Intentions were like well only by name and here she's like well only by blood he's like with this family because there's also a bit where like his dad tries to set him up with his mom
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> which if you're going to make incest jokes that's the way to do it um, exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah no, uh, absolutely. yeah but um so like he gets broken up with with his cheerleader girlfriend who is dating this really artistic guy which I've not seen American Beauty but that's definitely an American Beauty reference it's like this guy who just has a paper black bag that says the most beautiful thing I've ever seen just like floating by him so so he gets broken up with and while trying to recover his pride, it's like he's like, "Look, she's an illusion. I can make any girl prom queen." So they get into a bet. Um, he, his pal Austin, bets him that he can. Well, basically, he bets his pal Austin that he can turn someone into a prom queen, and then he bets his token black friend Malik that he will lose that bet learn a valuable lesson and then in turns be the real winner at life.
1: <laughs> That's it's such it's such a good good joke.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things really just kind of explain like how stuff is going to play out on like the the teen movie of it and it mm. works most most times. Um so he runs into like Janie and he yeah and he wants to get yes to her. Oh yeah. Janie also has, and this is, like, a very specific John Hughes reference to the movie Pretty in Pink, where she has this best friend, Ricky, who's, like, desperately in love with her and just not notice him. And it's, like, really... First, I think eventually we're going to talk about a movie that looks more into the friend zone as a concept and how toxic that is. This movie really does a good job of having this guy who's just, like, pathetic and he won't move on and like just gets a oh, lot of yeah. pummelings especially near the end
1: and it's yeah absolutely it's such it's such a good like r- running like uh like commentary on that kind of character
0: yeah so then jake he's trying to like get Janie, who's initially not interested she's like we haven't talked in like four years and then he's like uh, actually, it's six years. That time we were talking about two years ago in the movie theater, I was actually saying "hey" to the person behind you. <laughs> <dude. laughs> <Just laughs> God. Yeah, uh, this movie is. We're a laugh, be talking right? about this longer than Moulin Rouge a movie. I think we both agree is better, but like it's oh, so absolutely. M- Moulin Rouge like R- 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 is very territory where it's just I want to keep talking about this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah, Moulin Rouge is a better movie. Um... Uh, I think this movie's funnier though I I think that that we can definitely give it that
0: yeah it's yeah so he goes yeah so he goes to his sister for help she's like okay but if she wins like you're you're mine like we're yeah we're gonna like do, do stuff or whatever and in another good bit he there's a point where she's like what you gotta do is you pick a song that has her name in it, and then you like <laughs> sing it, and then it's gonna make her feel special. But the song he picks is Janie's Got a Gun, yeah.
2: <laughs> and he just starts
0: singing Janie's Got a Gun, and like all the people start running away. He's like, Janie Briggs got a gun, and she gets tasered by security. <laughs> security comes up.
1: Oh, it's, uh, it's so good. Yeah,
0: yeah, and the, and then in another scene that's directly from Varsity Blues, like where there there's a famous scene where James Vanderbeek's character is the head cheerleader attempts to seduce him by like making him an ice cream sundae that's just she has like she's naked and sprayed like whipped cream on herself. So he does like a similar bit, and then she's like, "I don't like Sundays." It's like. It's not Sundays. It's a banana split. She's like, I don't like those either. Goodbye, Jake. And then just (laughs) walks off, and they just kind of walks off, and then you find there's like a banana sticking out of his ass, and it's just really like it's it's a good it's a great visual gag.
1: They they definitely like the reference, the execution. That's a great scene, without a
0: doubt. Yeah, and then, but eventually, like he yeah he gets her attention, and they like start dating meanwhile, her younger brother and his friends are running around like trying to like lose yeah lose their virginities there's yeah there's a breakfast club spoof that is just in there because the younger <laughs> brother character he's mainly doing like. It's a bit of Can't Hardly Wait and a bit of American Pie. Then he very briefly just turns into John Bender from The Breakfast Club for no real reason. Just,
2: yeah, yeah. like, exactly. he changes
0: yeah. outfits and he does, like, a specific bit for her. Just keeps talking out, up about the amount of atten- detention he's going to get, but then the joke is, like, the assistant principal has, like, toilet paper hanging out of his pants. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's lyric, like,
1: they would capper that scene, yeah.
0: Yeah, um mean meanwhile there is something where like Jake has unre- unresolved football trauma trauma where like he used to be the star quarterback and despite still being very popular was bumped down the fourth string after he went rogue and passed the pl- and passed the ball to Marty, the like yeah, this this down his luck young kid who then got ripped in half. By like two other football players, just <laughs> on a last play where they were up forty-two <laughs> nothing. Like, oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so good, like, uh, like a Rudy situation where like the 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 play didn't matter. He just wanted to, he just wanted to feel nice on the field.
0: Yeah, but then it just goes bad. Um, it's yeah, and that so he's like down uh, down on like fourth string. Um. Oh, oh yeah, they do. They do like the makeover, and his Sister Catherine like? There's a lot of things where it looks like she's gonna kiss Janie, but instead she just takes off her glasses, and she like shows, oh. and she shows up, and she does a big dramatic walk. But then this this heel she has gets caught, and she falls f- through, like the stairs of her house. <laughs> you know, usually, I, whenever I'm
1: watching a movie, I will often like sit there and I'll laugh a little bit and go like, "That was funny." But it would have been funnier if, like, this additional thing happened. But when she falls through the stairs, I'm like, that's funny. And then when, like, the carpet, like, starts dragging, like, a bookshelf and, like, a dresser and it all falls in, that was, like, a moment where I'm like, okay, they did the thing that would, like, make it way funnier.
0: And then the dad's Um, like, hey, quit farting around and climb out of there. Just...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every line that comes out of the father, Randy Quaid's mouth is hilarious. There's, yeah. like, a scene, I think there's, like, a scene, like, early on where, like, or maybe it's, like, a little bit later where, like, she's, like, I don't know, like, this is like, I don't know if this guy likes me, and then he's, like, well, he's, like, well, like, you know, like, if you think that, like, this guy, like, doesn't actually like you and he just wants you, like, because like, he just wants you for sex, you should probably do it, you know, you could use the the social credit for it, you know, and even putting on a few pounds, like, it's not like you can be picky.
2: It's yeah, supposed it's... to
1: be, like, a motivational speech, but he's just being really mean.
0: Uh. Yeah, so, like, they go to this party, and this is where the the kiss kind of happens, because they, they go to the big p- party. This is, like, and it's part Can't Hardly Wait, but there's also, I think it's, like, a Ferris Bueller's Day Off type thing, at least with the Oh Yeah playing, or... It just risky business, but this guy whose parents are like, yeah, remember, don't... F- don't throw a party. Don't throw a party. He's like, yeah, it's like people are bringing in like subwoofers and kegs, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna just take your red Ferrari and go pick up some hookers in the inner city. <laughs> and I'm Like, all right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but they go to like the big party and Catherine's there and she goes to, like, you know, she goes off to like hook up with like ran- random people. But it gets to a point where like she bumps in into like this to her reporter, and then she's like, oh, it's just like you having trouble hooking up with pe- people like uh, uh too, huh? And she's like, she or she's like, you're having trouble get getting cock, huh? And she's like, getting cock. I haven't even been kissed. So then it goes <laughs> into like again, the kiss in this movie is it's the cruel it's, intentions kiss, but just with the never been kissed girl, yeah, <laughs> who is just very elderly. It's. Oh yeah, Mia Kirshner is really good in this, just playing up like Catherine as like this destructive sexual force. Yeah. <laughs> and it's literally that kiss, except with a lot more saliva. And I, and I want to say that she gets her fa- false teeth by the end because when she's like, "Oh this- uh, yeah." <laughs> I think yeah, that's absolutely what happens. But yeah, it's a really funny comedy, because especially because like in theory they're at a party, but it literally cuts to like the park from Cruel Intentions. Just
1: yeah, yeah, it's definitely not 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 a not a blinking you miss it kind of moment. Definitely very very, very overt. Yeah, or in the plot. In the plot, I think they've had the makeover, they've had the party, and then. Um, I think the, like, the rival jock guy, which is, like, another reference to, like, um... Uh, she's all that. She's all that. Starts to realize, oh, this girl's hot? So...
0: Yeah, once he <laughs> realizes that, like, she, he's hot there, then suddenly it becomes a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, I want to have, like, se- sex with her and all, all this yeah. stuff, and, oh, yeah, there's the big football... There's the big football game, which... And it comes down to, like, the Final play. Mr. T shows up as the wise janitor. Um, <laughs> to give him an inspiring speech, but then he throws like a really terrible pass that costs <laughs> them the game.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. He ends up hitting um the Reggie one Ray. The, the Reggie Ray in the head, giving him his last concussion.
0: Yeah, and then it's yeah. Then it goes to like the parking lot where like it again goes to the yeah the big. As ever, once you make a bet, everyone knows that it has to come out eventually. That like the yeah, fun exactly. has to, the fun has to stop. It it's going to a thing. Oh yeah, we we did rush over a bit where like they do have a bonding thing where like he learns oh, yeah. about her dad, mom. But also there's something where because it's she gets embarrassed by the cheerleader at this party. There's like a rivalry, and he like shows up. She's like, "How'd you get in? I dead bolted the door." And he's like, "There's a hole in the side of your house." Like. It's- <laughs>
1: Yeah, this movie never never wastes an opportunity to tell a joke. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, and it gets to a bit, and and she's all that. Like again, not a great movie, but the scene where like she finds out it's a bet is legitimately like just devastatingly well acted, and it's yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I watched I watched that clip of that movie, and that was really really good.
0: And this film luckily does not try to top that, but does do like a thing where Austin shows up. And it's like oh. This is time for a little secret telling. Then he misspells secret. Like, it's terrible. (laughs) And then whispers something (laughs) to ear. She's like, no, what? She's like, Jake, is this true? And then he gives a big confession. He's like, look, he's like, yes, I said it. And he's like, I know it was a bet, but it's more more than this in me now. You're more than this. She's like, what? It's like what bat? And then it does the thing you're saying where it's like zooming in and then she runs off crying and oh yeah it's, a, it's like ooh, I never said anything about a bat. And then he's like, all yeah. I said was I'm pretending to whisper a big secret in your ear so that Jake thinks I'm telling you a big secret But he in turn will yeah, give a, make a big scene and confess a big secret thereby confirming everything I've whispered into your ear. Just. So. <laughs>
1: So good,
0: yeah. It's, oh. it's just really a thing of the big whisper, a secret moment, and then it gets into a scene where this is like a funny movie, but then it also like includes a, just a big, really earnest musical number. Which
2: yeah, I have seen things that are
0: like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a parody of Greece, but I'm like, no. In what Not sense, really. that it's a musical no. number set at a high school, like it's yeah,
1: it's it's, it's really it has like none of like the um. None of like the musical like uh like tone of musical vocabulary of like anything in Greece really. It's like, it's it's way more like show if anything.
0: Yeah, and it's going around that classic show tune thing of before the big thing where you check in with all the characters and they give their like updates. Um, it's really good. The song's called Prom Tonight. There's an extended version on YouTube which adds extra bits, including. Cause it begins with like just just ballad between like Jake and, uh, Lainey where they're just singing and then there's a point where they go oh it it could could we resolve this it could happen like at the prom tonight and in the theatrical it just goes right into the next scene but in the extended version suddenly it stops because Janie's at her house but Jake's on a beach and it cuts to he's standing on this overturned barrel and people are like around staring at him he's like what. What? It's the musical number, like what? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just cuts uh. to a thing that ca- catches up. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, the never been kiss girl does get a bit of a follow up in an extended version as this Reggie Ray because they they basically cut a little stanza where like oh, it's r- her friend Ricky's like just singing how he's gonna make Janie know he exists, and then it cuts to like the never been kiss girl It's like can you believe I've still never been kissed? And she's like, by a guy, that is. And then she's (laughs) in, like, a hospital and she walks past, like, Reggie Ray, who's, like, just there and sits up and just says something really muffled and then a nurse comes up and sings, it's really hard to sing when you're in a coma. Like, it's... (laughs) And Uh... and that's there right before it cuts to, like, the the big, like, the cheerleader singing about how, oh, in a few hours she'll be, like, queen of the prom or whatever, and, and i could talk about this musical number for like a while um the last extended bit that's really in there is because eventually the movie gets to a thing where it's just all of them dancing on the steps of the high school just singing prom tonight over and over there's (laughs) there's like a setup for it where like it's shows everyone showing up and it's like prom tonight it's gonna be all right and then prom tonight where like half of it is rhymes and then half half of it it suffers like Prom tonight, it's gonna be all right. Prom tonight, it's gonna be tonight. Prom tonight, it's gonna be the bomb. Prom tonight, it's gonna be a prom, which is just a really good <laughs> thing of lazy <laughs> rhyming. It really is. Yeah, you gotta see the extended version. Man. I will. I'll absolutely watch it after. Yeah, and then, and and then it, and then the musical number ends, and but then it just ends with everyone just standing there awkwardly because like it's going back to real life, and then it, it's. The gag is just that they've been dancing, uh, just doing this in real time. Um, but no, yeah, I think, I think
2: the
1: the word is uh, diegetic versus non diegetic musicals.
0: Yeah, and then wow. it cuts to like diegetic, and it's really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if this was if this was in the Moulin Rouge year, this would easily mean, like the best musical number of oh, the yeah. year.
1: Um, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. It's such a it's such a surprise too. I was not expecting it
0: yeah but then it goes to the big prom um the big culmination of, of the bet and so when she's all that she loses the bet to like the cheerleader but she's fine with it she's like well the right person probably won in this one like they make it seem like you're like oh it's a tie so you're like okay they both won but it goes to the like conjoined twins
1: yeah, yeah a really like, good. Yeah, really good payoff for that character.
0: Yeah, and the joke that oh, together they make yeah, like it's just something a yeah, g- good. So then, well, yeah, there's also like a big like Jake and Catherine like, and her and Austin get into like a big like dance off, and way through Josh Rander's character shows up because he. Like, they keep bringing him back to make, like, interjections, like, the, the Can't Hardly Wait, like, perfect girl that time softboard. or there's someone, it's like, what's going mm-hmm. on? It's he's like, shh, we can't talk until she moves again. <laughs> and then, like, she goes, and people are like, oh, she took forever that time. And there's someone where, like, he goes to, oh. like, he's like, wow, he's like, funny that he's like, you never would, you never would guess that everyone at the school is a professional dancer. Just. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good line. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but yeah, so Jamie leaves uh see with Austin. Uh Jake decides to go and follow. He runs into like Malik, who's like, Look, all I know is you've gone to this motel, room six. If you pass the passing machine, you've gone too far. And then <laughs> that's and then, all I know. Yeah, that's all I know. And then I really go pay off. He's like, you know what? It's like you are insightful and you have value, and like I don't tell you this enough. He's like, like, oh, and it's like a really like sweet moment. He's like, Oh, please! Because like, you know, I've always wanted to have a discussion with you about the implications of the ramifications. It's like, uh, sorry, I don't have time right now. It just runs yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, be-
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because there's like there's an airport to get to, um, yeah. because Janie uh, Briggs is like going to art, art school in France. And, like, that's what it says on, like, the on the monitors
0: at the airport, too. Well, first he has to get Um, to the hotel, and also there's a race with Ricky, who's like, now she's gonna see it's been me all along. He's like, yeah, but I'm reformed and I love her. And it's like, oh, that's true. So it's, like, two races at the airport, and he has, like, an easy one, and Ricky just keeps, like, getting stopped. He gets hit by a bus. There's a good bit where, like, he's running, Jake runs across, like, a street when it's don't walk, and he gets past all the cars, and all these cars Ricky keeps almost getting hit, and people start going, she doesn't like you! Stop! She'll never be more than a friend. He, but yeah, he punches out Austin and the and like his ex girlfriend and the weird guy who's just filming the Austin and the cheerleader hooking up. And then also the bag, and he's like, I don't know what that was for, but <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but then he gets to the airport, He gets the genie, he gets to the thing where he starts just giving a speech. And then who should show up? But everyone's favorite like teen movie star, Molly Ringwald, who just starts calling him out because she's like, are you really just quoting Freddie Prince right now? And then Jane's like, wait, yeah, I masturbate to that movie. And he's like, okay, and then he gets another speech. And then Molly Ringwald's like, that's pretty in pink. Like, she's just like a flight attendant. It's like, and then Jane's like, are you sure? And then Molly Ringwald's star, pretty in pink's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then finally, like, she goes out, she's like, listen, Jake, she's like, why don't you cut the crap and just say what's in your heart? And she's like, and Janie, like, stop falling for all of this. So then... Yeah,
1: and then he gives, like, a speech of, like, he's like, yeah, like, maybe we shouldn't be together, because, like, well, I guess we'll really only have the summer, and then, you know, I'm off to, to Princeton for four years, and, you know, we'll only talk, which is fine, but I'm definitely going to get drunk one night and... Hook up, <laughs> <laughs> and you'll
0: find
1: out. Hook <laughs> up, and you'll find out.
0: <laughs> and so, and it's this bit where, like, it's, it really is just a state of honesty, but all of a sudden she's like, like, oh, he's like, I can't believe you thought I'd fall for that. You stole that from the karate kid. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, so then, of course, they kiss, and then, like, Molly was like, ugh, goddamn teenagers. Uh-huh. Then there's, oh, yeah. The last, we we've talked about this so much, it can probably almost move on. But then... The last thing we forgot to mention was Slow Clap Guy. Oh, yeah.
1: Throughout the movie, there's a slow clap guy who's, like, trying to, like, get it going. And, like, the first time he's, like, explained, it's like, you'll know when it's time, like, but now isn't the time. And then he's about, he sees his moment. But then, um like, the, the best friend character then comes in and does the slow clap. And <laughs> he beats it to him. And so that guy, this little cop guy, starts beating up the best friend character in, like, the final scene of the movie.
0: Yeah, it's... It's, really it's a good deal. Yeah, so yeah um, good movie. We've, if you're like, why do they talk about this so much? It's because it's really good. Um, Yeah,
1: the next movie um, that I want to talk about would probably be...
0: um. Bridget Jones' Diary. What did you think about this movie? Oh, I mean, technically, A yeah, Knight's Tale was first, but we can talk about Bridget Jones' Diary. Jump oh, sorry, I'm
1: go- I was I was going off my my notes. I think I watched that one. Um, I think the order. I think
0: I watched that one. I'm just going in the order. But yeah, we can uh, talk about Bridget Jones' Diary because it's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I yeah, I yeah. really liked it. My mom love um, my mom loves Colin Firth, so I watched this with her because she- this is like a big <laughs> film for her in terms of. Uh-huh. 'Cause he's really like charming in it. Um
1: Yeah.
0: I guess mean, so what did, what
1: did your what did your mom think? Yeah, because this movie it does get uh quite
0: inappropriate at times. Well again, um, like it's she she watched yeah. like at the time, so she Oh yeah she was aware of like Bridget Jones and the thing, but Yeah, this
1: movie, yeah, is just about yeah, it's about um Bridget Jones. Um I think she's in her she's thirty or she's like in her thirties. And she's just, like, trying to, like, find love. um, Like, just kind of wherever she can find it. She's just, like, she's very lonely. um. And I... Yeah, and then, like, so, like, the first scene in the movie is, like, her, like, going to, like, a, a party at her parents. And her parents are, like, trying to set her up with this guy. And then the, there's the Colin Firth's character. And she really hates his sweater. She, like, mentions it, like, three times in the movie. <laughs> um because it's a really awful Christmas sweater. Um, Do you want me to do the plot synopsis on this one? Oh, yeah, you can give this one. I I think I can do a pretty good one. This movie, um, I think I put it in my notes, this is like a movie where, like, very little builds to anything, and, like, things just kind of keep happening. There's not, like... There's not, like, a... I I don't want to say logical, but there's not, like, a through line to almost anything, except for, like, the relationship. Like, I, I just... It's just one of those kinds of movies where like yeah just like at some point she just gets a job at like a TV station.
0: Yeah. Um I mean it's just cuz like, yeah, yeah. There's it, a bit of a through was... line with like the girl who doesn't like her until the moment where it's she like finds her dignity to quit her initial job and then she's like yeah. like look if she doesn't quit I'm going to fire her but like it's clearly like in support. Of, like if... yeah exactly. Yeah. this
1: movie in no way this movie does not waste your time with anything um so like the movie so she's just kind of lonely and she like doesn't like this guy she's keeping a diary which is like the name of the movie i was a bit confused um i was like well when's the diary gonna come in and it turns out oh i'm so stupid the narration is her diary
0: Um, <laughs> Wait, what, how did you think this was gonna play? Like, just
1: I, I, I was like, okay, like when is, is she gonna like buy a diary? Is like a diary gonna be like a big component of it? Uh, but then I clued in, like, oh, like partway through the movie, I was like, oh, like her narrating, like her, like the narration she has over, it, that's her writing in her diary. I was really confused because I don't think a physical diary doesn't show up until fifty-one minutes and fifty seconds in. I think I wrote it down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought um, you see
0: the diary when she
1: initially gets it, but like she uh, might have. I might have just missed that. I might have missed it right at the beginning. But needless to say, there is a big chunk where I don't see the diary, and I'm like a baby. I don't have object permanence. The minute something's out of my out of my sight, it's out of my mind.
0: Um, <laughs> That's why we did yeah. this podcast, so you wouldn't forget about me when we don't see each other. <laughs> <friend. laughs> exactly.
1: Um, but yeah. So and then she starts like. Um, She gets, like, a flirty, um, like, she's getting, like, flirty signals, like, like flirty messages from, like, her boss. Um, The boss played by... Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, yeah. um, I'll pull up that so I don't forget. Yeah, Hugh Grant, who, um, they're, like, they start, like, kind of flirting in the workplace, and, like, they develop sort of this, like, spontaneous relationship from it. But you can kind of tell that, like, she she's, like, saying things like, I love you, and, like, oh, I love this, and, like, he's very, like, he just won't say anything like that. He's, like, kind of, like, kind of, like, being very noncommittal about the whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then they sort of, they start seeing each other, and then at some point, um, uh, Hugh Grant's character ends up just sleeping with another newer girl um, after, I think, uh, like uh, standing up Renee Zellweger's character for a date so that they end up like breaking up and because like she's her boss and like they broke up she ends up just like quitting because she like doesn't want to work there anymore
0: um, yeah, and like, a, yeah it's a really good scene like it's a really good moment I think yeah, he, yeah isn't he like engaged or like he's, cause he's like I really love this other girl like it's yeah
1: he's really engaged Um, and like it's also revealed early on that like Um, Colin Firth's character and Hugh Grant know each other, and like what Hugh Grant says is that, um, is that Colin Firth's character like slept with like his wife, um, and like that's why like they're not on really good speaking terms. Yeah.
0: Um, but as I learned, when my mom was immediately like, "He's lying," I'm like, "Oh, (laughs) he must be lying." It was really funny because uh, she's like, "Oh, sorry, like spoiler I'm like, "Yeah, mom, I could probably have figured that out."
1: Like, if... yeah, I, 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 was definitely like partway through the movie, going like, "Wow, like, yeah, I guess that's like, I guess that's like Colin first like character flaw, but it seems really weird. You think it'd be the other way around? I guess I didn't have the, the privilege of of having someone there to help me along."
0: Uh, Colin Firth but, and Bridget uh, Jones also knew each other as children. You learn in this yeah. beautiful scene that plays out of the credits, where. it's... He's like, you came to my birthday as a kid, and like you like, and you took your top off in like the pool, and just all this things, and and it was very like, it's like, I, it's like I was eight and you were four, and like I was very like thrown off by you, like it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. After uh, Bridget Jones and Colin or and uh, Hugh Grant's character Daniel. Um, like, break up. Bridget starts, like, looking for other jobs, and, like, there's, like, a pretty funny sequence where, like, she's, like, having interviews, and it's, like, oh, I really, like, I want to work for this, like, TV station, or, like, this thing, because, like, I really feel like I can do, like, a good job. Like, she keeps on failing, and then she gets to, like, one station where it's, like, I want this job because I had sex with my boss, and, like, I just, and, like, I just had my old work, and that's why I want this job. And the guy's, like, oh, great, like, that's amazing. And also, like, shagging your boss here doesn't get you fired. (laughs) which Uh, uh, is kind of
0: harassment but it is like a good bit it's It's a funny joke
1: but it
0: does not age well like yeah it is (laughs) tongue-in-cheek
1: yeah um so yeah then she's like working for like this news station um and then uh daniel is like able wait no not daniel um colin first character mark is like able like to get her is it her him that's able to get her like the interview that she needs, like for this like for the com- for the TV- television channel she works for?
0: yeah, she's um, like a producer, and there's like some segments in, and she's supposed to get this guy with this guy who's been seeking asylum, like yeah. and he to like stay in the country. And it looks like they've missed him. And Colin for his character, who's a lawyer, is like, oh, yeah, I told him not to give any interviews, but he sets it up and she's able to have this big interview, and that's that yeah. like, kind of turns her career around there like it yeah and then
1: i think at some point um some point mark colin first character like sort of like says to says to bridget jones like i like you like just the way you are like you're you're like so crude and like you're a terrible public speaker and she is they go to such great lengths that she's an awful public speaker um in this movie they do go to great lengths to show that but like he he says that like he really likes her like for that um, So it, like, starts to, like, kind of plant the seeds of, like, a relationship. But then, like, at, like, a big dinner party that they're both at, like, um, Mark's, like, parents are, like, oh, like, we're really, like, hoping that you and this other girl that he's, like, hanging out with that's, like, a business partner, like, get married so, like, we can, like, have you in, like, the family. And, like, this really upsets Bridget. Um, and then I'm trying to remember what happens between, like, this and then, like, the... I guess there's like a, oh, there's like a scene where they're all having, like, she's having, like, dinner with Mark, like, in her apartment, and, like, I'm yeah, making, it, it's like for her birthday, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah,
0: it's like a, it's this big di- yeah, dinner party thing she's having, it's near the end of the year, um, she accidentally cooks string and a, blue string in a soup, like, while trying to make something at it, because so, they're like, she's a disaster in the kitchen, like, it's She's definitely like she's flawed, but like in ways where you're like, Oh, yeah, this is relatable, I get it. Like, yeah,
1: exactly, like, he's not like a bad person, she's yeah. just kind of like clumsy, yeah. yeah
0: and sort. he's, yeah, but he's helping her out. Um, and then, and then, like, Hugh Grant shows up drunk and full of regrets, and he and Colin Firth wind up getting into a big fight. The fight scene is so
1: unironically great. Like, it's so, like, <laughs> it's, like, so, like, action-packed and, like, insane. I really liked
0: it. Yeah, they're, like, fighting in the streets. It gets into, like, a Greek restaurant. You're, like, oh, what's going to break? And then for a second you're, like, nothing. But then it's, like, the window?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then, like, yeah, during this, I think um, it's either this fight, in this fight scene or, like, right after it's sort of revealed that, like, um, oh, no, is this, is it happened in this scene or, like, is it revealed by, like, her parents later? That like
0: it's revealed by um, her parents later. Also if her parents who have and
1: yeah, their own thing Jim Broadbent
0: your... from Moulin Rouge is her dad in this.
1: <laughs> it was also revealed by your parent right in the beginning. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, it's oh right, my uh, mom as well also got in. But yeah, no, she but she gets mad at him because well it's a big fight, and then also like Hugh Grant Grant, there's something where like it it looks like it's over, but then Hugh Grant calls him a wanker and I don't think she hears him, but she just sees him like punch him out. She's like, no, I'm done with both of you. This is like stupid. Get out. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah. And from like her perspective, it's like they're fighting like Hugh Grant. Like Colin Firth is fighting Hugh Grant, despite the fact that like he's uh, Colin's the one that wronged him. So like that's sort of also like going on through her head where it's like, why would you like, why would you like sleep with this guy's wife and then also like start a fight with him? Like, there's just like a lot of conflicting emotions there. Yeah. And she's like kind of just done with both of them.
0: Yeah. But then she finds out from her parents who kind of have this little subplot where like it's they split up but then get back to together like briefly. It's whole thing. But she finds out from her parents that like who just casually mentioned that like, oh, that uh, actually, it, yeah, it was Hugh Grant, Grant who slept with like Colin's first wife and not the other way around. Like
1: it's. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, and then she like invites like Mark over for like an official date, um, but then he finds like the di- the the titular diary. Um,
0: and you were like, finally, some. Finally, I was like, wait, what's that thing?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then he
1: like starts reading about like um, reading about like like oh, I hate I hate Mark Darcy, I hate. Colin Firth. I hate this guy. This guy sucks. Um, and then he like leaves because um, he's like really upset and like it was like a bit of like here's me putting on my, my analytical film brain because um, like it's also revealed that he was just like he was just leaving to go like buy something if I were to interpret that I think he left because he was upset and then he changed his mind when he left because he left really abruptly like I think he was actually hurt and then he changed his mind at some point and then like went to go buy something um she ends up having to like run out into the into like the cold in like her underwear and just a shirt um and it's snowing because it's like january or december or something and then they end up like uh she's like no like it's it's an old diary like i didn't i don't mean those things anymore and he's like he's like i know i i think you should probably like i think you should have a new one and he's like he's like bought her a new like book like a new diary and then they have a, a lovely like little snow kiss and it's it's the movie, the movie ends there. And yeah. it has, like, little pulp good at scenes, I think.
0: Yeah, it has, like, a scene that, again, just shows a flashback of there as a kid with this little girl who looks exactly like young Renee Zellweger, I would assume. Like, you're like, oh, yes, I believe this has grown up into, like, Bridget Jones just
2: yeah. in yeah, yeah. a piece
0: of cake and, like...
2: <laughs> hmm
0: um, Oh, but there's also like a good line where they kiss just like, wait a minute, good guys don't kiss like that, and he's like, Oh yes, they fucking do. And then they kiss them <laughs> more.
1: Like it's... Yeah. Oh, that's a really, really good scene. Yeah. No, this movie, I was I wouldn't even say I was surprised because I I knew almost nothing about this movie. So I was I was just happy that it was good.
0: Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely like a really like it's a really good rom com. Um, especially as we get more yeah. into the two thousands where like more uh, of the classic rom-coms i think we were assuming the 90s would be filled with like yeah, popping up of... this yeah. is definitely i think gonna be one of the better ones
1: <laughs> yeah no i it's it's definitely yeah it's a good movie definitely worth a watch um yeah,
2: yeah.
0: i don't
1: really have much else to say about it after that
0: yeah i think he did a good job su- summing it up and then we can get to and Going a little out of order, but that's all right because this is a another movie I just love, A Knight's Tale.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh! I did not. Again, I didn't know what I was getting into uh, going into this. I absolutely loved this movie. I was surprised. Um, I usually try. I usually judge uh, a movie by its poster before I watch it. I didn't expect this would be so funny. Um, I learned about jousting watching this movie. I learned how jousting actually worked. I thought it was just you killed the other guy or you knocked him off your horse. I didn't realize there was like a point system.
0: This you didn't realize it could
1: be like a sport or
0: a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it was, I thought it was literally like, uh, like red Rover with horses. I didn't know there was any sort of like, Oh, if you, if you, if you break your, your, uh, your spear on their right shoulder and it creates three splints of wood, then, then you advance to the third round. I didn't know there was rules in it at all. Yeah, um,
0: this is a film i I had almost seen it before. Um, my first year working at the camp where we met, I was getting a ride home from a coworker, a uh, bit, bit of an asshole, but like he at least was gave me ride, so it was cool. A uh, shout out, cowboy, uh, wherever you are, just. And he had, like, his, I forget how it came up, but he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, if you want, you could, like, watch, like, this movie on my laptop. And then something happened, like, he needed it, like, it didn't get far, but, like, I watched a bit of, like, A Knight's Tale. And then until, or maybe it's just, like, we stopped to get food and then just didn't start it up again. I want to think it was a time where we stopped in a drive through and it was a long time. And the couple behind us just began having oral. And I was in a good position where I could avoid looking at it. And he was just like, oh, hurry up, hurry up with our food. Like it was <laughs> what a what a knight's tale. Yeah, uh nine years later I got back to a knight's tale. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You finished it up. Yeah, uh,
1: I wonder I wonder where they are, you know? <laughs> yeah, after these nine years.
0: Yeah. Um <laughs> me, yeah. Are they still yeah, are are they still yeah. Going Nickelback to oh <laughs> no one knows the Nickelback song Animals I don't know why I said that but um <laughs> yeah, well, we might we might people might know that's for the all the Nickelback heads out there um,
1: exactly
0: <laughs> yeah so a Knight's Tale um uh I can give the summary on this one if it's yeah yeah it, it's Heath Ledger and he is a uh, he is a squire for this for this guy Sir Ector and they are at a jousting tournament and their guy is. He is one pass away from winning the tournament, and they're depending on him to win to eat. And then, while he's going to the bathroom, he dies. So, yep. <laughs> it's like a really good note to like, start off on. So, William, who's he Ledger's guy, and with his buddies Roland and Watt, uh, they decide to impersonate him so that they can like get the prize money. And it works. And then they're like, yeah, now we can eat. But William has a moment he's like, wait. He's like, what if we just kept <laughs> doing this? We're like, no, no, we want to eat. And then he, he has this thing where like, his dad who's like this blind painter had always told him about, he's like, sometimes you get chances to change your stars. So he's like, this is our yeah. chance. And we're like, no, this is stupid. We don't want to do this. But he convinces <laughs> them to like help. So like yeah. and invest most of the money. Um only nobles are allowed to joust. So he impersonates him under the name of like but they need a patent, which gets him into historical figure and famous writer Jeffrey Chaucer, played by Paul Bettany, who people have seen earlier this year in WandaVision, probably.
1: Yeah. I was I I um Yeah, because like I remember, I was like, I was like, why does he look so familiar? Who I know this guy, but what do I know him from? And I was like, oh, it's Vision. Yeah. Like, I mean, the first thing Vision, but more naked. Just yeah, exactly. The the first thing you see in this movie is his ass. So um, (laughs) that's the first time you see him. Uh, Quite an introduction, honestly.
0: Yeah, Jeffrey Chaucer, (laughs) um, gambling addict, and just who like loses his clothes and all these things in bets. So he yeah. Yeah, so like he, so he forges a pattern of nobility under the name like Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein.
1: Yeah, and he's also like these like I didn't know this is like historically accurate, but every joust has like a has like an introducer, like a hype man, and he becomes like their their like introducer. I am
0: not convinced that that was like a th- real thing, <laughs> but um, it's because this is essentially just like a classic underdog sports movie, but it's set oh, in yeah, medieval yeah. times.
1: Oh, yeah, it even has, like, it has, like, We Will Rock You, I don't know, yeah, it has it has the song Lowrider in it. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a very modern,
0: shit. like, sports movie soundtrack. It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's kind of like, um, it's like the, the Great Gatsby movie, kind of, like, it's set in this time period, but it will pull from music outside of it. That's the only, uh, I can't think of another example of a movie that does that, but that's one of these movies.
0: So he also a tournament, he doesn't have very good armor, uh it gets badly damaged, but he convinces this, but he gets this female blacksmith, Kate, to repair it without payment. Like, I think he's like, well, I bet you couldn't, and then...
1: Yeah, a girl blacksmith? Come on.
0: And if you're like, oh, I know who his love interest is, you'd
1: be wrong. Um, Yeah, a girl blacksmith? Maybe a girl black Samantha, maybe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um... <laughs> <I> definitely... <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, 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 no, she she's like and like she's like very very talented and she ends up like making like an armor that's like weighs so much less but is like just as protective as like a super heavy set of armor.
0: Yeah, and they wind up in this really nice platonic friendship that's really cool. Um, yeah. By the
1: end of this movie, you have such like a nice like like a group. By the end, it's like really lovely.
0: Yeah. Um. But he he gets into this thing and he gels with this guy. Um. Who He who tells him his name is like Sir Thomas Colville. When he gets like injured and he has to like withdraw, but they decide to like essentially because he because Colville has never failed to complete a match. Because one of the jousting things is the idea is there's like passes and you get points for each one. So even though he can't compete anymore, they exchange a ceremonial pass where Nairo where they both raise their jousts in the air so he can keep his honor. And this is observed by this noblewoman, Jocelyn, who yeah, played by yeah uh, Shannon. I'm just saying it's awesome and hoping it's right. She says, actually, she, she's really good. She and Heath Ledger apparently did a few movies together. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I am already forgetting the name of the main um, other one they did. We'll look it up later, maybe, and... Just say it, but yeah, and but she is impressed. But this noblewoman is impressed because other nobles, um, particularly this main, yeah, this one who is, uh, his name is Count Adamir. Yep, that's the one, yeah, Played by Rufus Sewell, who's just you know for playing this kind of like sort of sleazy guys, sort of in the thing. Um, yeah, he's kind of yeah, he's kind of like the
1: like the um this sort of like nobleman who like really doesn't like this new guy because he's sort of encroaching in on his territory his territory not only like his his sport but also like the girl he really likes,
0: yeah. he's like trying to quarter. he William interrupts him. and they develop a rivalry. They compete in like the next tournament where they're both assigned to tilt against, oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, no, it's the final joust, and Adamir beats him in the final one. And it's surprising, it's just like, well, I'm going to get you one day. And then he tells him this thing. It's like, look, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and you have been found wanting.
1: That, that's like a line that's repeated throughout the movie.
0: Yeah. So then, so then they keep going on the tournament circuit. Um, the next one, he and Adamir are both assigned to tilt against Thomas Colville. But then it turns out that Thomas Colville is actually Prince Edward.
1: Yeah, and like, um, it's like, and people like starting to know this. So like, um, Count Adamir is like, just like, I think like, just forfeits it because like, I'm he's not going to joust against like royalty of that high because like, if he wins, like, it's he, he might just like, he's kind of. They're
0: worried about what will happen, you know? Yeah, they're like, if the King of England dies, like, they don't want to be the person who does that. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and William's friend's also going to object, but then he sees, like, how, like, dejected the, like, kind of Prince Edward looks, and he decides he's going to, like, joust against him anyways. He, like, obviously he doesn't go, but then he addresses him by name, and he essentially, like, earns a lot of goodwill with the prince, which is going to pay off later. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then Adamir is called away to, like, the historical battle of... I forget. I cannot pronounce. It's like...
1: I, I'm, um... It's so a battle.
0: There's a lot of them. Battle of Pioiders. Yeah, Puyters. Um, um. So William's able to, like, win several victories because he's not there. Um. He's courting Jocelyn and she, like... Uh, there's a point where she's like, well, oh, you're not that different from all the other nobles. So then for... So then he's like, no, that's not true. And then it's a tournament where I think they have bet almost all of their earnings. There's like a lot riding on this. So she tells him, she's like, okay, well, if you really love me, cause all these nights you're like, I'm going to win in your name. So she's like, lose, like lose for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like they have all this money going and he's just getting like destroyed. He's, he's just,
1: standing there and the people and the, the opponents just coming up and hitting him in the shoulder real, like oh he's getting absolutely decimated and, no. then, and then um jocelyn's friend i think comes up and then he he's like she wants you to do and he's like i know i know he wants her you to lose And she, and then she's like no she wants you to win now and he's just so
0: tired and like so upset about that it's such a funny moment and he manages to pull it off and they got to go to the World Championships in London, which is like mm-hmm. where his fa- father was. And he recalls like him, you know, his father sending him off to be the squire. So uh, Ademir, like goes, shows up too when he announces he's negotiating with Jocelyn's father for her hand. And mm. Will, William does really well at the tournament. But then he like goes to visit his dad and he like passes his his roof and Animir discovers his identity and alerts authorities, so he gets like pilloried. Yeah, and
1: he's like, it's he like at the moment disqualified from the competition.
0: Yeah, and his friends are like standing up for him. They're also getting like, yeah, pelted by pelted. It's it's a good bit. But then Prince Edward shows up, and then
1: he like, yeah, he says like the line of like he's like he's like your friends love you, and if that's if that's all I knew about you, that'd be enough.
0: Yeah. And then, because, yeah, because dedication is in the best traditions of knighthood, and then he announces, you know, in, like, a classic, like, he does the Shakespeare in love, are you going to call me a liar thing, where he's like, I've learned, in fact, that William is descended from an ancient noble family. And so he knights him.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: I think I remember I was talking to my friend Ian about this, and I was like, I was like oh, it's, like, it's pretty obvious that, like, He's lying, right? Like he's 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 just like, um, and because it's like beyond con- contestion. or, or conte- yeah, contest, con- yeah, uh, like contestation. contest contestation,
0: yeah, like contestation, yeah, like... It's literally yeah. a thing where it's like, are you gonna call the prince a liar? A liar. And everyone's like, yeah, exactly. No, Cause yeah. especially because he's like the heir. Um. Yeah, exactly. So he goes. So he gets to do the finals of the tournament. But oh no, Adamir is cheating. He's got a lance. Yeah. it's illegally sharpened. um,
1: yeah, he sort of cracks the the blunt end of his of his lance revealing like the sharp the sharp part of it so it's not no longer like dulled.
0: so the only so William's like really injured, and the only way he can win is if he can knock Adamir off his horse.
1: yeah, and his armor's his armor has been so or he can't he can't breathe with his armor on, so he's had to take his armor off so like he's super vulnerable.
0: Yeah, and then for whatever reason, Chaucer isn't able to introduce him like before. There's like something going on, but in order to buy time, Chaucer decides to do his introduction now. And this is a really good scene. Like, oh yeah, oh my yeah. Um, Paul, Paul, uh, Paul Bettany like is killing, killing it. it. Like, he kills
1: this role. He does. So, he's so fun. He's such a fun character to watch in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, and,
2: absolutely.
0: And he gives this big, rousing, inspiring speech, and he's like, "Yes, sir, William." And <laughs> like he, and oh yeah, his lance also is just strapped to his arm because he can't hold it because he's so he injured.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like this whole all this like he like he he's like he's been impaled a little bit. He can't wear any of his armor, and like his stuff is like attached to like his uh his arm. I don't think he's like even wearing a helmet. It's just uh it's all these like compounding factors before like the final the final joust between him and
0: Adamir. Yeah. But surprise, surprise, he pulls it off and Adamir like has a vision of William and his friends throwing the weight measured and found wanting thing in his face. Yeah, like, it's, as he's, like, midair, Which is weird, because it doesn't really happen, but, like, it's... No, like, it's just, it was a really confusing scene, because he's, like, slightly off the ground. Yeah, you watch him get knocked down twice, basically. Once, like, yeah, in a dream, yeah. and then once for real. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> oh. But then he wins, and him and jo- And hi- William and Jocelyn have, again, a very good kiss. Yeah,
1: a really, really good, like, sort of, like, all this... Co- they've, I think they've kissed in the movie previously, but this is sort of, like, the big, like, oh, yeah. wowzer. Like, it's big the event big damn cover.
0: kiss, and it yeah. is so good. Um,
1: oh, yeah, absolutely. Super yeah. great.
0: And then Chaucer's like, oh, hey, I should re- write this down, and that's how the Canterbury <laughs> Tales happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's awesome. But, yeah... No, I went into this movie expecting like a pretty standard sort of like knight's a knight's tale really. But I ended up getting like a really funny, charming movie with ama- every character in this movie is so fun. What a what
0: a blast, honestly. Yeah, um every time I watch a Heath Ledger performance, I miss Heath Ledger. Uh taken from us far too soon. Um Absolutely. And this is like I think one of his best. Like it's He's charming. Mm-hmm. He's like just really heroic. It's Yeah, oh yeah. He has movie, excellent like... chemistry with yeah, Ch- with like Shannon Sawsemen. The the kiss is just so good. Um Yeah, if if um if you've ever like
1: if if we have lay listeners that like don't really like uh have like a hard time like I understand that like sports movies, if you don't play sports, they're like or not even that's not even true. They're like kind of hard to get into because you think that if you haven't played sports, like you're not going to enjoy them. You're not going to get them. This movie is like the perfect like. This is what like a sports movie is at its heart. It's just this like this story of like determination, and sometimes like love and like like friendship and camaraderie, and like I think this is like so encapsulated by this.
0: Yeah, and I don't know about states availability, but oh yeah, also if you're in Canada, this is like. One of the easiest years where I think three out of the five films, like this one, Bridget Jones, and oh, maybe it's just this one and Bridget Jones, unless I can think of a third. But these are both on like Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I might be thinking about another film that's all, also there, but yeah, watch this film. You'll yeah you'll like it. It's really uh-huh. really good. Um,
1: and they need to start putting some. I was about to say they need to start putting some bad movies on these lists, but like I. It's almost like the last two weeks didn't happen because uh, we've had we've had some tough movies to get through. It's nice to have a week where like the worst thing we get is like something that's like a little bit homophobic.
2: Um, yeah,
0: and I mean, I know- like I'm a, I'm a couple of weeks ahead though. Like, is my work schedule not as had uh, as I might have been? So I will say there's it's a couple. There's like a tough year like coming up. Yeah, a bit, but oh, uh, I know. Or maybe it was, with maybe it was just, with. Well, little... that's just that one movie where it's like.
1: Here with little men. I know what you're talking about. Bruce
0: Almighty just... was not as good as I remember it being from when I was 11. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what I guess. What year are you on currently? Oh, I'm currently working my way through 2005, where I'm about to watch Electra. Uh, so I oh uh. I wanted to see that as a kid. Um,
1: cause like before the MCU happened, um, I had this game called Marvel ultimate Alliance where like, it had all the guys and I, and I remember seeing like the daredevil movie and like electros in that game too. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like they're making all the movies about these characters in this video game that I play. I wonder (laughs) if they're ever going to make more. Um, (laughs) and I still stand to it that the MCU stole my idea as a kid where I was like, they should make a movie with all these characters. And yeah you, you, and beyond,
0: you were explaining it to that. a grown-up who is kevin Fiji, and it's like "Hmm."
1: <laughs> he was a, he started he was writing it down the entire time i was speaking you know i want i want my royalties that's all i'm saying
0: yeah i mean fair yeah. enough so that brings us to like again so, so there are like still plenty of bad movies awaiting us but yeah this is like a pretty solid year overall <laughs>
1: Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Like none of these movies felt like. I guess they they never do, but like some movies definitely are like. I, I think you can tell like how good a movie is by how many notes I take. Because if I because like with some movies I have an entire like document of notes because like it's so bad or like there's so many like things wrong that like. But like usually like my moulin Rouge notes. I think it's like literally three lines and oh no, it's two lines. It's just my fave move and my fave movie and wow. Like that's the only notes I have from Moulin Rouge
2: because um, <laughs> I was just
1: watching the whole movie and I just I didn't think I brought up my notepad barely at all. Wow. Um, and this this movie kind of follows a similar format. Um, I think I have a couple more notes for A Night's Tale because I think I was trying to write down every time they had like a a like I guess considering it kind of like a pop song. Low Rider uh, was in, in, unintentionally funny just because that's the the song from the uh, George Lopez show. Um, so that's all I could think of. I think that brings us to the end of 2002. Well, we got to rank
0: the movies and rank the kisses, remember? That's our...
1: <laughs> One of these days, I'll know the format of the show I'm on.
0: <laughs> the the promise of the show is we rank everything! It's a promise!
1: <laughs> Listen, this week was so good. I, I You know, sometimes I forget that I'm, I'm even doing this for a thing. I thought I'm just watching good movies. Speaking of good movies, this movie, this list is like, I think the top and bottom are pretty easy, but like anything in the middle, honestly, could like kind of be interchangeable. I think at the bottom, it's not a bad movie, um, but like American Pie 2, like it's it's by no means is it a bad movie. I could see years where if you put this movie in like some of the years we've done before, I think it could easily been like a completely understandable like winner. Um, I personally would have thought it would be probably better to go gone with, like, the actual, like, romantic kiss. But as it stands, it's probably, like, the worst movie out of these ones, out of these really good movies. Yeah. Um, I think after that, I think I would put Bridget Jones' Diary. Um, again, like, not a bad movie, but just, like, I think that it just is not, it's a rom-com where the calm just isn't as strong as um, the next movie up which is um, not a not another teen movie, and its ROM isn't as strong as the movie above that, which is A Knight's Tale. And then I think a movie that blows all of these out of the water, honestly, for me personally, is Moulin Rouge. It's an incredibly intense and lovely uh, romance. It's hysterical at times. It's impactful at times. The music is so good. The rendition of Roxanne... Um, come what may, the I think the Elephant Love Medley, I think it's what it's called. I think it's it, on YouTube, it's called Silly Love Songs, but I think you're right. I think on the soundtrack, it is called the Elephant Love Medley or something to that vein. But yeah, those are absolutely yep, American Pie 2, Bridget Jones, Not Another Teen Movie, Night's Tale, and Moulin Rouge are my movies.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think this is the first year where I have the exact same ranking order. Like normally there's like something where I'm like, oh, this over this, but. Like, it is just a year, and again, they're all, like, pretty good films. I'll say, American Pie 2, you just, if you're not into, like, stupid humor, and also, like, yeah. or just overly sexual let's all get, get laid stuff too. like, it's, if you're yeah. not kind of kind of saying that, it's completely understandable. Yeah. It's,
2: oh, I was it's surprised
0: I enjoyed it as much as I did, which,
1: uh... At the end of American Pie 2, literally every character gets laid, um... Like it is like a like a this is like a uh, like a like a montage of like a cutting to every single character and they're getting laid. Um, Yeah. So that. Yeah. So if 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 that if that if that's the kind of humor that you can like sort of like you can vibe with for like uh for like an hour and a half, then this movie's for you.
0: But yeah, like you know, it's a strong year when Bridget Jones' Diary is near like the bottom of the list Oh yeah. But hey, how about those kisses?
1: Oh yeah, um yeah, I think for my I it's it's honestly it's pretty similar. So for uh, the worst best kiss, um is the American Pie one. It's the scene, everything about that scene is actually it in my honest opinion super funny except for the kiss. Like everything surrounding it, like there was such a good like foundation for like a pretty like, pretty, like, there's funny elements, like, everyone, like, everyone coming, everyone, like, getting included in this, like, radio call is, like, pretty comedic, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just kind of, like, eh, it's not, it's, it's definitely not a great even comedy kiss, and I think, um, right above that, I would probably have not another teen movie, because, like, it is funny, but it also is just, it's just kind of just the cruel intentions, like, kiss, it's, like, a really good parody, but, like, I don't know if it stands really well like on its own. And like it's also like it's also like not even like one of like the funniest jokes in a movie. But that's not even being that fair, because like it's a hilarious movie. Mm. Um I think above that I would probably put um I would put Bridget Jones diary. Um a snow kiss is not exactly as impactful as like a rain kiss, but it's it's still really sweet and it's still really nice. Um and like you said, sort of the line he has like <laughs> What was it? It was like nice guys don't. Is it nice guys don't kiss like that? And then it's like, yes, the fuck they do. Um, I think that's really, really cute. And then right above that, um, is the end, a Knight's Tale one. Um, yep, really good kiss, really good like a, uh, really good sort of building up to that huge final scene and that big kiss right at the end. And then Mulan Rouge kiss. It comes right after one of the most beautiful ballads in the whole movie, absolutely astounding,
0: yeah, and it's I'm trying to try to think of I have the similar rankings or I... yeah, I probably do, like yeah, American pie too, obviously at the bottom, um basically like I think I'm gonna say it's safe to say it's probably the worst winning kiss to date um
2: yeah,
1: yeah, oh, yeah, in terms of winning kisses yeah i would I would agree with that,
0: yeah, like even dumb and dumber, like um more like understandable than uh, this but yeah so like very comfortable bottom then yeah not another teen movie just one joke like I appreciate oh yeah this is also the first nomination where neither of the characters involved are like major character well Catherine's kind of like a she's a big supporting yeah. character but the, not, neither of them are the lead so yeah none of them neither one is like
1: the lead yeah absolutely
0: yeah which yeah after that Yeah, the Bridget Jones diary kiss, like, you know, again, it's a nice kiss in the snow. There's a good bit where she's like in, again, just she's like in a state of undress a bit. It's been, yeah, a knight's tale, just super powerful, almost enough to like get past Moulin Rouge, but not quite because Moulin Rouge like reigns supreme on this podcast.
1: If if Moulin Rouge was like, a regular movie and not a musical. I think a Knight's Tale would probably have the upper hand, but like just the, the sort of the the sort of whimsicalness of like that. I think just it it makes it uh, almost no contest in my mind. But the Night's Kiss, Night's Tale one is really good. A Knight's Kiss.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but no film is found watching here. Like this is good. <laughs> just very good movies, and with that, I think that brings us to the end of. 2002. So yeah, recommendation of the week. Ben, what you got? Oh, um,
1: my recommendation of the week. Um, it would probably be there's this band. Um, I don't know how to spell them, but hopefully you can figure this out phonetically. They're called um Amag- Amaguchi. Um, they do like chip tune stuff. They did the soundtrack for that Scott Pilgrim game that came out really close to the movie, but is actually more based on the comics. Uh, their songs, Helios or Helix Nebula and Another Winter, are some of my favorites. Uh, go give them a listen. I don't listen to like a lot of chiptune, but them I listen to a ton.
2: Okay. Oh,
0: nice. Um, oh man, I'm like, what I got this week? I spent so much, so much time working. Um, oh, I got some yeah. stuff on the chamber. Oh, yeah, on Disney Plus, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series. Um, I am a big fan of the High School Musical franchise, which is going to make it very fun when the third High School Musical film pops up in like several years. Um, I love it a lot, but the series um, now most notable for like kind of putting a. Oh yeah, I watched the show. I'm like, man, this like Olivia Rodrigo is like astounding. I bet she's going to be a big yeah, star one day.
1: At her now, who even is she? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Then a year and several yeah, you know, like months later, like it's like oh this I'm like this I'm like oh maybe you single and I listen to this I'm like it's pretty good. And a week later, it's like the a, biggest song. Olivia Rodrigo, world. if you're listening,
1: good for you. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, and it's like the last cool tastemaker thing I had because I'm an adult <laughs> who watches the High School Musical show, which is really fun and good. And they did two seasons, and only the first like. The show in case case like you are unfamiliar with High School Musical the musical the series is not set in the High School Musical universe um but it's it's set at the school where High School Musical was filmed East High Salt Lake City in Salt Lake City Utah so it's about people who go to the school and the first season is they had a new drama teacher who was a extra in High School Musical and she's like the school has never put on a production of high school musical. So we ought to <laughs> put on one. And then the second season, everyone's like, Oh, so we're going to do high school musical too. Right. But then she meets her, an old flame. who works at the rival school North high. Who's like, yeah, we're going to compete in the Alan Mankin awards for <laughs> musical theater. So then she's like, my God, we have to switch it up. So they do beauty and oh, the beast. Um, instead. <laughs> and it's, Yeah, it's really good. There's some nice performances, some good songs, and yeah, fun show.
1: Yeah, that's my, um, don't watch Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's really sad. Um, that's my anti-recommendation of the week. Um. (laughs)
2: It is really good.
1: um, I was actually talking with my friend, um, my friend Ian, and he's like, we were talking about. I was like, oh man, I'm really upset you made me watch that because it was so sad. And he he was like, oh, you know what's like a good like antithesis to like uh, Eternal Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Before Sunrise. You should watch Before Sunrise. And I had, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah. And he's he's he's, he wants to watch the third one because he watched Before Sunshine. Um, and he
2: wants oh, okay. before sunset. That's the second one. yeah, that... and I,
1: uh, he wants to watch the third one, so I think I'm gonna watch the second one, and then we can watch the third one together
2: yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: you have to let me know what you think because those movies yeah. are really, really good.
2: Huh? I really like like, yeah,
0: yeah. so, yeah, great movie. So what do you
1: wanna uh, plug uh, this week, Ben? you can find me on my Twitter. Um, The at is at Fudalby. That's F-U-T underscore Um, A-L-B-E. And then you can find me on my Instagram. uh, That is not two pens. That is N-O-T underscore two underscore P-E-N-I. Oh, P-E-S. That's really confusing. You'll find it, though. You'll find it. Just find the the Instagram page that has 366 rats. yeah, you'll find it. Yeah. I haven't listened to any Weezer um, for so long. I'll try and get some of that done. I'll probably do it maybe like after editing this podcast.
0: They just released a cover of Enter I Sandman. I I heard that,
1: yeah. Um, I definitely, I'm glad that I'm giving myself space um, for the Weezer tier list. They, are, they do play Africa by Weezer at work, where I work, and I'm realizing I, I think it might honestly be going lower and lower every time I hear it. Um, I don't know. It's not the brilliant song you fuck. I, because I remember initially, I was like, you know what, this isn't that bad. And then the more I listen to more I go, Weezer is really good at their songs that they do. And
0: that's where I'm going to end that statement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what do you have
0: to yeah. say? Well, of course, the entire discography of Weezer. <laughs> um... <laughs> no, um... I mean, well, yeah, but it's. so you can you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at like a Wolverine. You can find the show on Twitter at gold popcorn pod. You can email us at past the golden popcorn at gmail.com. Um, can rate, review, subscribe to us. We're hosted on Friendly Mush. Um, classic cool guy, well, oh, cool guy with quotes. Show I mean sarcastic. Matt Samar does the theme song. He is a cool guy. I don't know why I said that. Um, He is a cool. Yeah, Ben. Cool guy. Yeah, Ben did the artwork. I think all that's left to do now is to just say what's coming up next for 2003 Um so for for next up in what'll probably be just as blockbuster an episode as this. um, The nominees are Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, Daredevil Nick Cannon and Zoe Saldana, Drumline Leonardo DiCaprio and Cameron Diaz, Gangs of New York Adam Sandler and Emily Watson, Punch-Drunk Love And the winner is The Iconic, Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst for Spider Man, really
1: good. I have another excuse to watch Spider Man again. I really want to watch that movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. We're gonna have we're gonna have a guest who likes Punch Drunk Love more than Spider Man. I am very confident. So, <laughs> uh,
1: and I gotta watch Daredevil um, again. Oh man. Oh god. Um, really, truly the pioneer of the MCU. Uh, you gotta watch Drumline. It's just about the world of competitive marching band. Oh yeah. Um. My only—it's weird because, like, so I don't—I don't know if you know if it's my childhood, but um, I watched so much of the Nick. I think Nick Cannon had this show. I'm thinking of. I am thinking of—I can't remember what it was called. Not—I don't think it's the Nick Cannon show, but he had like a show where like everyone would do like 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 comedy raps, like improv raps to each other, like based off like little games, or there'd be like um, it'd be like song charades. And I remember, it's one of those things where, like, I watched it a lot, and I assumed that, like, oh, this was just a thing that everyone did, but, like, I don't know if anyone knows what I'm even talking about. Um,
0: yeah, I've <laughs> never heard of that. Yeah,
1: but... I'll need to find out, like, which which one in particular, it might be the Nick Cannon show, um, but I don't think it is, because that's on Nickelodeon, this was not, like, a Nickelodeon show. Um, But,
2: uh...
1: Yeah. yeah. Um... Uh while while that's what's coming up. Out. An American sketch comedy sh- improv game show created and hosted by comedian Nick Cannon. That's the one that I watched on MTV. So uh that's my that's my only cool. relation.
0: And with that. that, uh thanks for listening. I never thank him for listening. I'm just oh, realizing now.
1: Yeah. Um I, I always I always uh, I am conscious of it. I just don't
0: thank them for listening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: yeah. Yeah, and just re- and just remember, um you have not been found wanting because you listen to this podcast.
1: Yeah, you have been weighed, measured, and you are wanted by us to listen. So
2: keep passing that golden popcorn. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> that was like our best finish. <laughs> like a- we nailed it, we figured it out. <laughs> Just keep going so this is all in there with me just glowing. This,
1: like. <laughs> I already stopped mine, but I'll have the Discord one. Really quick, I need to go close my door. I'll edit this part out, but I'll be right back. Yeah, There's a crow crowing.
2: Yeah, I can hear the crow. It's Yeah. <laughs>